Hello, you lovely, lovely souls. Uh, this is a little caveat before this episode. Just letting you guys know, we did have some audio issues, unfortunately, with Anthony's uh, recording. Because oh, we're joined by the wonderful Anthony Vanella. Um, but unfortunately, we do have some issues with his audio that we've been unable to rectify at the time. Me and Anthony couldn't figure out why it was happening or what was going on. Um, so if there are any issues with the audio on this recording, my absolute apologies for the episode. Like, not much more we can do about it. It's good content. It's long. It's lengthy. It's good stuff. And hopefully you guys enjoy the ride because Anthony is a hell of a bloke and I uh, really knows his stuff. So yeah, my absolute apologies if there are any audio issues. And hopefully you'll stick with us. Uh, take care and enjoy the show. Down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 70. That's it, 7-0 of the Art of War Downer podcast. Thank you so much for everybody who's stuck with us for duration. We're certainly not going to be slowing down anytime soon, but 70 episodes is a little bit of a milestone I'm quite happy with. We're joined by a newcomer to the scene, but a man who is definitely making a name for himself uh, and, and for a very auspicious episode that I might have to unpack a little bit before we get started. But Mr. Anthony Vanella has joined us, and welcome, dude. Thanks for being coming on. Say hello. Hello, thank you. Super happy to be here. Uh, love the podcast. Been around for a long time, you know, as far as a listener goes, and happy to be on. Uh, my absolute pleasure to have you on. So, for those who don't know, um, Anthony is pretty much like absolutely clubbed his way onto the scene. Essentially, this is his first year um, trying to go for any kind of uh, legitimate podiums or top tens or whatnot um, competitively in 40k. And you're having, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to inflate your head too much, but having you're having a Siegler esque season. Um, Siegel uh, naturally in was a 2019 uh, came from absolute nowhere un- being a, a not a really competitive name prior to that and then just winning the whole damn thing and you are on a similar trajectory you know technically you could win the entire ITC couldn't you from the position you're in yeah that is um, currently ranked nine I believe and I absolutely could I appreciate that comparison a ton you know uh, I definitely owe my success to those that came before stuff like Art of War making the competitive path a little easier to follow you know stand on the shoulders of the giants who came before me well we've all got to start somewhere my absolute pleasure to be part of that team art of war and for those sure. perfect perfect segue as well my man uh for those of you who don't know the art of war Daniel podcast is a two-part podcast the first part coming out for you guys tuesday mornings eastern standard time and but you can grab a bunch of other content that we make the venerable art of war flagship coming out later in the week in addition to art of war unbroken if you're all interested in the part ones of those uh please get them anywhere on our youtube on all the aggregates uh, itunes spotify etc etc if you'd like the part twos because each one of those podcasts i just mentioned have a part two that comes out exclusively for patrons and subscribers you can grab those over on um, youtube by subscribing there or either that or you can join mine personally on patreon you can look me up art of war done under a patron or you can go over to the art of war 40k.com and sign up to this podcast for the part two here and the part two of all the other ones for a nice one-click bundle and you'll get all the goodness there. In addition, we also have the wonderful War Room, which is one of the most progressive and competitive and amazing communities out there. Jump in, jump in, get involved, and yeah, hopefully you too can improve in whichever ways and means you feel fit. But we are here to do an episode that I've been putting off for quite a long time. Now, what is that episode, Anthony? What are we doing? We are here to talk about the Dark Kin. Kari or the Dark Eldar, depending on how long you've been playing. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> they, they are definitely Dark Eldar to me. I remember Vect on his Pleasure Palace throne. Um, but 
we are doing the Codex Retrospective for the Dark Elder. For those who don't know, Art of War is primarily a review podcast. We review new content when and if it is available. But we do like to look back on Codex's six months, nine months, eight months, 12 months from their release to see how they have progressed, how they have changed. Now, I've putting off, I've put off doing this episode. I could have done this episode three months ago. But you know what? There would be nothing to talk about. I'd be like, oh, cool. This book is good and it is still good. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for something to actually change for Drakari so I could do this episode. And finally, we got something that changed the landscape at least a little bit, you know? For <laughs> um, sure. But yeah. So, uh, but my dude, I, I don't do your disservice. Do you have a, st- a local store you'd like to plug to tell us a little bit about? An amazing store in your local area in New York? Yes. So we're actually, the store is based out of New Jersey. It's called Mythicos Studios. They are awesome. They carry all the different types of games, but they carry a ton of 40k stuff. It's through their tournament circuit that I was actually able to get my reps in, and our local meta is a bit of a shark tank. Uh, in most of my RTTs, I've had to play against Sean Naden, which has nice. been a, a good way to learn, I guess is the best way to put it. Just <laughs> um, <laughs> getting beat up all the time. But uh, yep. yeah, when you play with the Elf King, you definitely learn some tricks. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, wonderful store there. Please jump over and get involved if you're all in the area. Look it up. Check in on them. Um, now, what is a Codex retrospective? You might ask. So, like I said, three or six months afterwards, after Codex has been out, we go we go through it from a, a pretty cursory level, pretty top level, you know, top down structure we go through all the different portions of the book you know the relics of war tracer secondaries we rate them say talk a little bit about how they've developed what are the things that have shone not shone upon first impressions and review what we think was going to be good what was what wasn't etc um and give you impressions moving forward now of course the reason i was putting off doing this book for so long was because this book is utterly phenomenal it is possibly one of the best codexes that have ever been produced by gdub uh, bar you know comparable to eighth edition um dark elder Fifth edition Grey Knights and Demons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This thing is up there with the best ever because of its internal external balance. But Anthony, just starting this thing off, when you first uh, cracked open this Codex when it f- was first released, what were your impressions? What did you think of it? So I came to this army in a very amusing manner for me. So I was playing Blood Angels like super hard. Was all about it. We had like a Google Doc playbook and the Art of War Blood Angels channel that we were all working on together. And then I bought some Dark Eldar because I used to play Dark Elves in Fantasy. And I was like, nice. all right, be a modeling project, see how it goes. That was in January when I bought them. Um, we started getting them, we started getting them. My favorite thing about the Blood Angels is that they're go fast, they kill things really well in melee, and mm-hmm. there's like a bit of finesse there. And then they released Drakari Codex. And I was like, well, if, if GW is going to be kind enough to personally handcraft me an army, it would be rude of me not to play it. So we re-rolled. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Because <laughs> um, so, that is your particular flavor as a player, yeah? You like dynamics, you like speed, you like aggressiveness. Um, and you're, you're becoming yeah, you're becoming quite known for it. So yeah, when you looked at this book, did you look at this book and say, well, this is just the best thing ever, right? Yeah, I mean, I opened it and I was blown away pretty much immediately. I mean, you know, external balance issues aside, internally speaking... This is, I, I only started playing 40k in September of 2019, like right around when the Iron Hands Codex came out. But as far as, as long as I've been in the game, the way, like, even just like as far as the units translating to their lore or internal balance as well, like, this book is perfect. It is. It's, it's really hard to not make a case for every unit in the book, barring some, like, there's a handful, like, the, um, the beasts, the, the, yeah. um, 
is pretty much one of the only units where I look at it and be like, I can't make a reason or an excuse yeah, to that. Yeah, there's not they, a super good reason to take them. They're yeah. pretty cheap, though, and they hit pretty hard. Like There we go, see? See? What <laughs> just happened? We made yeah. a case for him. And that, that was like, you know, you have to really go looking for that. But apart from that, like, you can go through every line in the book, and you're just like, well, I can make a... I can make a there's a ways and a means to make this make sense. Um, if not competitive, at least playable. Wise, and you can't say that for many other books. Hell, even Admech, you can't say that for like Dragoons, and there are, there are units in that book that just do not have a function or a purpose. Um, because yeah. that's the comparison we have at the moment, Admech to Drakari. Um, but so let's start this thing off at the top, man. So the first portion is review. People who want to travel along at home, we're going to be commencing this bad boy from page 49. So tell us a little bit about the attachment abilities, the real space raid, the raiding forces. Um, just give us a little bit of a, a synopsis of what we have here. So the basics of it is that, uh, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, that Drakari is like three armies in a trench coat pretending to be one army. Um, <laughs> so the raiding forces, basically what it does is if every detachment in your army is a Drakari patrol, the patrols no longer have a cost. So it essentially yeah. lets you take, you know, a Cabal detachment, a Witch detachment, and a Homunculus detachment, or any combination thereof, you could take three coven, you could take three glitch, yep. so on and so forth, um, and not pay any penalty for it. This is obviously huge because of how often we find ourselves slot locked in list building in ninth. How often have you wanted a fourth heavy support slot or a yes. fourth character in a yes. battalion? Especially building as like space marines. Like when you're like, oh, I just wish I could have that last thing. Yeah, it's really interesting that they did that with the triple uh, patrol because they really haven't done anything similar to that again or since. And I mean, it's such a fundamental change having starting your list with eight CP or starting it with what the the full refund yeah, in addition to the 12. extra. Just start yeah. with twelve. Um, it's just it's so liberating. Um, and it's interesting that they haven't done this in the other factions, but it it really is indicative of this is a very specialized uh, dark elder element. Um, onto the Lord of Komara though, so. What are we getting here? These are three specific upgrades you can do for XYZ uh, HQ choices, yeah? Yeah, so you have your, you know, there's the three HQ choices that exist across. You know, you have your Archons, your Succubi, and the Homunculus. Um, they each, you know, bring you a variety of benefits. Each one gives you, like, a like a flat benefit that you get for them. You get a Relic and a Warlord trait, and it also gives you the ability to upgrade one troop choice unit, be it Kabbalah Warriors, Witches, yep. or... Racks to their upgraded version, which have their own benefits that I think is on the next page. Now, to my mind, every single one of these has pretty much been a, hit, a, hit, a swing, a swing and a hit. Yeah, it's, there's no, there's no swings and misses here. These are all they're not. It might not all be home runs, but you're getting off home base, right? Yeah, they're all for pretty sure. damn good. Um, I've taken which, all of them whenever I've taken one of the types. Like I've never not taken one of them. Yeah. So what's really interesting is that with all of a sudden, because it was always you would always take. Um, the Archon upgrade and the Succubus upgrade, pretty much every single list would almost start with one of those, right? Yep. For um, sure. But now with the changes from the FAQ data slate, I'm starting to believe that the Hamonk upgrade is going to become a lot more prevalent. Do you think, feel like that's true? Absolutely, yeah. There was a points reduction um, between the Homunculus and his upgrade to make him, I think it was 10 points total cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, and his upgrade is hilarious. He gets back up when he dies. Yes. So... <laughs> He's uh, such a pain. I have I have mates of mine who make whole lists so that homunculus can be uh, uh, to the last option, and he is just such a 
bastard to try and take care of. Oh, yeah, um, it's nightmare fuel, especially if he's in the <laughs> artist of flesh detachment where he's minus one damage. It's a nightmare. Exactly right. Um, unpack this a little bit for us, like especially the what? What do people take the Archon one for? What do they take the Succubus one for? What's the combo that people pull together to make these things make sense? And then please tell us what people can expect to see from the Homunculus one in the future. Cool. So the main one uh, that you used to see a ton that is probably a little bit less prevalent now is the succubus one. We'll just start there because that was the, the main one. Yeah. Um, so it's called Show Stealer. What it does is when the character makes a consolidation, she moves an additional three for a total of six and doesn't have to finish closer to the nearest enemy model. So what that often meant was she could run in, hit something super hard, and then run away before the opponent could swing back. On a tiny murderous model like that, where the only yes. downside is that it's fragile, that is insane. <laughs> I, I don't know how people pictured this in their heads, but I really pictured like a Bugs Bunny-esque interaction, where, you know, he just <laughs> runs up to Elmer Fudd, like slaps him three times and, and dances off into the distance. I yeah. really envisioned that for Show to Steal. I don't know if anybody else did. Or maybe she's just like jazz handsing off as she's like, you know, torn your guts out. But um, yeah, exactly. yeah it, was, it, it was the obvious auto-take. Yeah, this just makes, if you've got a melee powerhouse, and this just gives you all the agency in the interactions, yeah? Yeah, it gives you all the control of the fight phase, and that's a huge part of what makes Drukhari so good, is that mm. they dictate the combats, or the pace, or the tempo of the game. Exactly right. Tell us a, bit, a little bit about the Archon 1, unpack it for us. So the Archon 1, just the base upgrade, is a fight twice. Um, it is a second fight at the end of the fight phase. So uh, there are some warlord traits that you can take for an Archon, one of them being reroll all hits and wounds, the other being a fight last. Um, that means that you kind of want him up there in the thick of it anyway. Mm. The ability to just be like, and I didn't kill you enough, I'm going to do that again, is very good. It's once per battle, but elves don't typically last very long in combat, so one is usually Correct. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> one is usually enough anyway. Um, and the homunculus, it's got a lot going for me. The al alchemy, alchemic maestro is the hilarious ability that we talked about where you get back up on a 2+, with uh, D3 wounds remaining. But the relics and wall trace, like the, is there anything more to like the, the poisonous ampule or the, the twisted animator? So my list that I just took the GW Austin event had the poisoner's ampule in it. Um, so we'll just break it down real quick. On a 2-up, you do D3 mortals to the enemy unit. Now, that is just to do D3 mortals. The effects following this point are not tied to the two up. So even if you roll the one, you get the next part. So until the start of the next enemy turn, the enemy cannot receive auras and it cannot project auras. Mm. That is so, huge. Where does this... So the, uh, for my mind, this is just so big in the mirror match, but what are some other options where it comes up as being really important? So Death Guard have like been pretty here and there in the meta but they do show up a lot. They're, like, super popular. Yes, uh, so you yes. talk about it on the Thursday show all the time. You're like, and Death Guard again are the most and popular. And Death Guard, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, being able to just walk up to the Foul Blight spawn and turn off his aura is rude. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so this, the, this, yeah. is end of, this is end of movement phase. So you do this before they get to interact with their fights last, before they get to interact with anything. You just point at them and be like, you don't have that anymore. It's yeah, really, really real quite anymore. special. Mm, Correct. It's quite quite sexy. Um, but what's the function of this guy? Because the dude, I mean, we're obviously seeing Thick City become a, a thing. For those who don't know, that's the the Coven's heavy build with the grotesque Natalis and the Kronos. Um, where does this guy really start popping off? Because he gives a bunch of other buffs as well. Yeah, I love so much that that's the name that's caught on for this list because that was the name I gave to my like funny stupid list that I made a couple months ago and that, that, that's like, what stuck. <laughs> I'm trying to double down and make it really stick. I it's love the it. I love it's it. the vanilla Thick City for those following <laughs> along at home. Um, or I don't know, big V's thighs big, or something. 
Yeah, big fees, <laughs> big boys, or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the totality of the character basically is what you get is a really tough guy who doesn't die very easily, who gets up when he does die, is making the coven monsters and infantry near him one yep. higher toughness, which gets them over some pretty important thresholds, going from yeah. five to six or six to seven or four to five. Um, he turns off your auras if you get too close. Note that the ampule doesn't require line of sight. Correct. So he can just advance. It's not a shooting attack. It's in the movement phase. So he just advances, plugs someone with it. That aura is just gone. Um, notably, in some books, this turns off bodyguard. Um, so if someone's just stood out on an objective, their bodyguard's now gone. So between that series of things, um, there's a warlord trait we'll get to a little bit later that lets him heal for flat three instead of mm -hmm. D3. And healing Huge. for flat three on these monsters that are already extraordinarily difficult to put wounds on is massive. Yeah, as soon as you start healing something that has a feel no pain as well, um, so you heal flat three and then they've got a five up feel no pain, so it effectively functions as a, a 4.2, 4.5 um, wound unit oh, yeah. that you're actually healing back when you when it's all said and done um it, yeah, it's so such a double down um it has jump the in, damage reduction on top of that <laughs> yeah dude exactly exactly um the favored uh retinues is pretty cool too that's the trueborn the homoxites and the hecatric blood brides i feel like the trueborn were the thing that really shone in the previous archetypes like the trueborn were you know sometimes you would see uh you know trueborn in just about every every archetype list but then yep. sometimes you'd see two um whereas blood brides were like some people's flavor some people's not and you very rarely saw the homoxites um i have to go to bat for them now yeah well what, what are your thoughts on these as they sit now so as they sit now um i don't think unfortunately my beloved bread brides quite get there anymore they were yeah, I, I took them they were auto -included. Um, because of how aggressively I played, having that weapon skill two a turn sooner, and the ability to have like these crazy rending attacks, you could get yes. an agonizer up to rend six with mm -hmm. the blade artist ability. Um, that stuff was wild. Um, but unfortunately, that got a points increase, and witches got a points increase. So yes. now it it just doesn't get there. And it, like they're like fifteen points for like a one wound T three lady mm -hmm. with no save. So mm -hmm. it's just it's not enough. Um, but to my mind, a lot of a lot of my friends and a lot of people I played with couldn't couldn't always justify the blood brides anyway because I guess yeah. the vast overwhelming majority of unit of oh sorry uh, when the when the codex first came out and they were dealing and you were having to tech and deal into uh, Deathwing primary and um, Death Guard list being the two big lists at the time when Dark Angel when uh, Dark Elder first came out blood brides made all the sense in the world I get the most killy thing bang for buck double fight go go nuts and makes all the yeah, sense when people, wounds. Woo. Exactly, but but when when uh, everyone had to you know do the opposite and start accounting for what Drakari was doing, all those builds fell off. The blood brides they found they just became harder to justify, didn't they? Because you had to you had to pump so many CP in addition to taking a, a more expensive unit. Whereas witches with the same CP killed like eighty percent of the same targets. Yeah, it was super similar. The one reason I ended up sticking with the blood brides is because I took one unit of witches. And when you have one unit and you're giving him the agonizer with the no fallback and you're mm -hmm. playing into things like Admech Lucius, you still just like smash those Lucius bricks as Blood Brides because you have the extra rend. The extra rend, um, yeah. But it ended up, you know, that's totally a flavor thing. I think now, unfortunately, they're not super up to snuff for competitive uh well, I just don't. I just don't think they have worthy targets to go after anymore, I think. Yeah, that's and, it. And, now, I think the issues is that if the, the, the targets that you want to hunt, like if you're in the mirror match and you want to hunt covens, you, these guys just don't do it anyway. Like you're winning on sixes and you have to give, then you have to give them the strength uh, combat drag instead of the plus movement or the plus 
um, attacks, but then you can double it and you know reroll the wound. Yeah, it's, it's still a thing. It's got a but, ton of things. <laughs> yeah, mock sites are on the rise, I believe. And, oh, and I you, love them. Tell us a story. What's what's the go? So I have a unit of mock sites in my current list. They're in the again. We'll talk about this again later. But the artist flesh detachment that makes them minus one damage. So what these guys do is it improves their save characteristic and invulnerable save by one to yes. a maximum of four. Gives them a point of leadership. And once per phase, the first time they fail a saving throw, the damage characteristic is zero. Mm-hmm. So just every phase, the first time you fail a save, it's just, nope, that didn't happen. And you, and you carry on with your regular feel no pans. Exactly right. Um, and so it's the first time that the, the, the save has failed, right? So that's the first time you fail the four plus, not the first time you fail the feel no pain. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. The first time you yeah. fail, uh, it would be a five up initially and eventually a four plus, but yes. Exactly right. Um, so this is, it, it's, I think they're so good. I think they're so, so, so good. Uh, what are the, what's, there's a limiting factor on all these, aren't there, that you can't take more than a 10 man. Is that correct? Correct. So it prevents you yeah. from going super crazy with it and getting mm. like the mega blobs uh, going because a 20 man brick of homoxites would, would be, be hysterical. <laughs> that is unfortunately uh, not allowed. Praise be indeed. But yeah, yeah, I think homoxites is something that people should be paying attention to now. I feel like Trueborn, maybe you'll still see you know, Trueborn here and there, but uh, they could be not the thing either because those heavy weapons are now on Talos. They're now strapped to things like Talos and Eukronos. So having having those blasters and those that Darklands might not be as necessary for people anymore. Um, but yeah, Homoxides are definitely something people need to know about. And they are way killier than you think they should be. Just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially if they have a 1CP 4-year-old wound strategy. Oh, so you can get them in there and just start. Yeah, and they have poison weapons that have base AP. They have AP1 mm-hmm. base. So mm-hmm. you can, like sometimes stuff just dies to them on accident. And they've still got they've still got blade artists, don't they? So sixes extra rent. Absolutely, it's AP two on yeah. sixes. Reroll wounds and it's it's failed wounds as well. So you just fix fish the sixes if you really oh, yeah, you need could, to. Totally could do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Absolutely, a phenomenal. Um. Tell us about the. Uh, so we don't need to talk about the Colson Covens. We all know what those is. But jumping straight into the Cabals. So we're gonna do all three of the big Cabals at once. Talk about. Uh, the pros and cons of Blackheart, Poison Tongue, and Flayed Skull, Obsidian Rose. So I forgot there was four for some reason. Yeah, there was four. I forgot, forgot Flayed Skull existed. Flayed Skull doesn't <laughs> see a lot of play unless you're Sean. <laughs> it does not do anything unless you're short, unless you're a literal like 40k Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so if, uh, for the vast majority of time, everyone was all about Cult of the, of, of Blackheart because it gets Vect, because it gets the the rerolls to hit. I was actually all about poison tongue personally i thought that was my if, if i was playing d that's be the way i would play it but summarize the three of the the choice here for people because there is some very specific things each one of these brings to the table especially um obsidian rose as well right so none of these are perfect um they all have something that is within them that is not ideal uh blackheart is my personal baby um they i think have you know, tied for best obsession, and they definitely have the best stratagem. Yeah. Um, yep. But their warlord trait and their relic, at least the way I play Jukari, are not particularly helpful. Uh, Poison Tongue, actually, Vect is definitely not just the best stratagem. Poison Tongue stratagem is wild is, good. Is, yes, yes. Yes, super awesome, especially if you want to go the planes route, stuff like that. Um, their obsession, in my eyes, is unfortunately just a little too meta specific. Mm-hmm. The Poison Tongue uh, poisons getting better is obviously extremely strong um but you know if it's a vehicle heavy meta like we just saw with orcs obviously it's not doing basically anything yeah exactly um right. so that's them and then we move over to flates call flates call are just fast which is cool but you know not too crazy um and then we end with obsidian rose not a lot of people super love obsidian rose 
but I think they actually have the best Trueborn because Trueborn hit super consistently. So mm-hmm. That reroll to wound is great, and yes. adding six inches to the range of your the assault weapons, your, yeah. yeah, your blasters have are actually ranged guns as opposed to basically you know what might as well be charge me next turn guns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that stuff's cool. They just don't have a great like the rest of their stuff is not super yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird. There's almost a different buy-in for each one. But you're right. Only Blackheart has a two has a two-phase buy-in. Everyone else is a one one point buy-in because the Battle Blackheart actually has a good obsession and has Vect, uh, Labyrinth and Cunning, and Riddle Living Muse is both pretty forgettable in yeah. the scheme of things. Whereas yeah, Poison Tongue only brings the Strat unless you build into the obsession and you have to go out of your way to make the obsession make sense. Um, exactly. But for the, for those who don't know what the because some people may not have seen Poison Tongue or know what it does, oh, it's got it's got the redeploy. It's just it's just a the CP pay two CP redeploy. What is it up to three, three while the Poison Tongue things. So and you can put those back into strategic reserve if you want. E.g. what um, Anthony just said putting. You know, planes that were starting on the table. Are oh, you going second? Well, planes are in reserve now, so you get to use them. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and then it's exactly the same for Obsidian Rose. Obsidian Rose really only has the obsession. If you can make the obsession make sense, um, then you're good to go. Because I prefer that obsession over, I prefer that obsession over um, Blackheart. But then the oh, yeah, Blackheart gets sure. Vect, which and Vect messing with your opponent is just always good. Yeah. So for yeah, for my money, the because I'm so aggressive and I'm putting the pressure on them already, oftentimes increasing the cost of a crucial stratagem for an opponent by one for the rest of the game puts them in a weird CP hole that they don't necessarily mm-hmm. expect to be in. And yep. that is very large in several matchups. Uh, in, dude, I'm thinking about Tyranids now. I'm like, well, Blackheart just wins because Tyranids they, need to pump so many CP they, that just make anything. That exploding sixes real early. Exactly, <laughs> my man. Exactly. It it really changes that changes the the, the makeup of that matchup. Um, yeah, for sure. But so one so here's one thing. Okay, we're moving on from the the regular obsessions. And if people can't tell, we're doing this pretty quick because this, like I said, this book might as well be three supplements strapped together. So we're yeah. on a bit of a clock to make sure we do it all. Um, and hopefully we do as much of a justice as we can. Here's something that's a, that's. Uh, happening as we speak right now there's a lot of innovation being done with this book and a lot of people are starting to discover that the build your own cabals covens and cults are actually ridiculously good i actually don't but for my mind i haven't heard much about the build your own cabals because black heart obsidian rose poison tongue are so strong are there any of the, the build your own options for cabals that um you know make sense so a lot of the ones for Cabals we probably won't hear about necessarily off the jump because uh, a bunch of them buff Poison, and Poison Tongue yeah. does a really good job of that. But there's one Already. I want to call out specifically called Toxin Crafters that is pretty wild if you take enough Poison weapons. Um, so it says, each time a model with this obsession makes an attack with a Poison weapon, on an unmodified hit roll of 6, that Poisoned Weapon ability becomes Poison 2-up. So you just start wounding things on 2-ups. 2s, And yes. then... Every time they attack with a poison weapon at all, they reroll wound rolls of one. Mm-hmm. So sixes are winding on twos, rerolling essentially. Yeah, rerolling ones, and then yeah. all the time rerolling ones with poison is huge because there's not a lot of sources yes. of reroll ones in general in Drakari, especially um, for vehicles, which is the most predominant way you're going to have exactly. these on things like Venoms. Yeah. Yep. So. so this- this that really gives you cute. something you can't get anywhere else. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for pointing it out. Because I'd heard about that one like when I did the initial review, but I completely forgot about it until now. That's actually ridiculously good. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll see it come back. Like if Tau gets really good monsters, you know, with their Riptides and stuff, and, you know, if the Tunid Monster Mash becomes a thing, like yeah, you'll definitely stuff, see that. to pick up efficiency very quickly. Exactly right. Tell us about the Witch Cult. I mean, obviously... It was really so when when this book came out, oh, I remember man. doing a review and saying that all the cults are good, all the cults are really good and worth taking. And then a certain campaign book came out and we're like, well, only cult of strife exists now. 
Um, yeah. And it was really quite annoying. What's your what's your opinions, dude? So I basically share your opinion on that. This was a real shame. So because I was rolling into Drakari, I have no like attachment to any specific part of it. Um, I wasn't like, you know, a Red Grief player back in the day yeah. or anything like that. So when I started, it was just like, yeah, there aren't other Witch Cults than Strife. Like, it's just Strife. It's just Strife. Because yeah. the campaign book gave them so much extra stuff. I mean, from the relics to the strats to the Warlord trades, it, it didn't even make sense for a while, up until pretty recently, actually, to look at the other ones. But um, And Strife, on top of that, has a really good obsession. It's not like it's bad and has a supplement. It's yeah. really good. And has extra stuff. Order of modded lady, continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, that's the one they went with. Mm. Um, so yeah, what do you get here? So you get flight first. You get an okay warlord trait, which is exploding sixes for Tesla sixes. Um, yeah. I don't even know what the relic does. I've never seen it because there's that just so much better yeah, relics. Not, yeah, that's not their relic. Their relic is the the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. The triptych whip and the yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what is even their stratagem here? It is the fight twice. Oh, that's exactly right. It's the fight twice, which is why so they were already like witches. Yes, just witches, not just succubus. No one else. Just witches. Thank God, thank God. Which <laughs> is blood brides, of course, as we mentioned before. Yes. Um, yeah. It's. I just assumed that all their good stuff was in um was in the supplement because they got yeah, ignores they got ignores Overwatch. They got the extra attacks um real wounds the real wounds like and, yes exactly right they're so 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 damn every hold that they had every hold that witch cults had just got patched up with a single supplement yeah, it was kind of like, ridiculous no problem. we got you right here <laughs> yeah we also you go, lost uh, half their obsession so one of the better parts of their obsession actually too is that when they make a charge if there's nothing else in engagement range already they get plus one to charge Yes, when they're the first, the first charger, in, yeah, into that, into that unit. So when you're coming out of your your boat three inches, you're advancing, you know, possibly another three inches, and then you got your seven inch, eight inch move, depending on you know whatever yeah, eight you are. Piece. Yeah, yeah, eight, and then sorry, the, sorry, I saw, I thought it was, I thought it was seven to eight with the combat truck, but it's what eight to nine, eight to nine with the combat truck, yeah, eight to ten. Oh, of course, combat, combat truck's two. plus two, and then you can CP it to go plus four. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can see how this thing is just like the speedy, speediest murder machines ever. Ever. Tell us a little bit about Curse Blade, uh, Red Grief, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I honestly never seen Curse Blade. Don't even know what it does anymore. I know Red Grief makes Fasty go faster. It's literally like the Speedwire effect, the Evil Suns. Um, but what is Curse Blade? Curse Blade is a cult after my own heart because they are spiteful on the way down. <laughs> so they. <laughs> are they add plus one to their strength which is actually really good because then you don't have to take the strength drug for witches for them to be like a real melee unit because often you end up taking the strength drug for witches because being strength three is kind of unacceptable if you're trying to kill yeah. things um but their other half is when you make a saving throw of a six for a model with this obsession against the melee attack the enemy hitting you just takes a mortal wound that's hilarious oh uh, this hysterical. is that's right this, this is, is the, the suicide succubus. This, yeah, this is and this is the twenty per the twenty blob the twenty blob witches. Yes. Um, I remember doing this review thing like, oh, this is the one where you want blobs of twenty witches and just run them in, get them all killed, and blow up your opponent. Yeah, um, they just die. Yeah, what's the rest of the package? So the warlord trait is it buffs the uh, mortal wound reflect to a four up, which is what a succubus Hilarious. has in invuln. So yep. every successful save is just like, nope, you take a mortal. Yeah. Um, and then the relic for them is on a two up when they die, the enemy unit that hit them takes D3 plus three mortals. So they just take a dark lance worth of mortal wounds yeah. on the way out. I uh, love it. Um, and yeah, venomous shard bombs for their strat. You just strategize after the enemy declared a charge against the Cold of Stripe uh, witches, you know, from your army. That unit can fly Overwatch before this charge roll is made. 
when it does like so up to five models in the unit. Yeah, equipped with uh, the throw grenades. You can throw grenades at Overwatch. It's pretty much the, the TLDR there. Yeah. Um, unless I miss something in particular. Uh, they get poison two up. Poison end, two plus but, on that. Yeah. In addition, look, that's actually like in any other book that would be good, right? Yeah, <laughs> in any other like book. If, well, it, even in this book, it's kind uh, of fun because like if someone throws like a bunch of gene stealers at you and they're triggering max blast, yeah, that's like thirty grenade shots, like six mm. of them hit. Maybe you kill a couple, like. Right. Well, then they they go into they go into twenty witches and they you know kill them all with the exploding sixes and then lose like you know a quarter yeah. or a half of them to, yeah, to mortal wounds on the on the splash. The exactly right. Yeah. Um, Cult of Red Grief is on the rise, I think, because of the change to uh, real space raid, the real space raid detachment, uh, which we'll unpack in a little bit because that, that's still coming up. But um, I think we're going to see Red Grief more, and that's only because you can't get Cult of Strife in that detachment, can you? Because you can't get the supplement. Yeah, you miss, you lose out on the, uh, very specifically, the stratagems. I think you still have access to um, the Warlord traits, but not the Relics, I think is how that yeah. shakes out. This is one of those things that's like super subject to local TO ruling, um, and different places rule that differently, because the wording is mega confusing. Yeah. Um, but Red Grief is super good when you're not trying to pump CP into your Witches. If you just want them to be really fast, yes. like go over there and take the objective... You know, stand around over here, that type of, you know, the, the high-level objective gameplay, they're super good at that. Mm, yeah, exactly right. I think oh, I, when I, when this first came out, I before the supplement, of course, I say Red Grief right. is the best one. Because, all right, cool, we got a fast, we got a fast army that's already pretty killy. It's already killy enough to clear objectives. Why don't we just specialize in that and be amazing at that? Um, and this is exactly what they do. Um, also, for their, their obsession, uh, you get to reroll charges um, and then add two to advance rolls for the unit with obsession. So when you get to advance and charge on turn two, and you're just you just plus two and a reroll, it's crazy how much that picks up. Um, even the blood glaive yeah. isn't isn't bad. That their their relic weapon, relic. it's fantastic. Like in yeah. any other book, this would be like the best melee weapon you got. But yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately it's we'll, not every yeah. other book. We'll get to the generic ones in a second. Uh, Holy moly! Mm. Now, there is a lot to, there is a fair bit to unpack in the build your own cult section. Um, yeah. Because of the, the innovation that's happening right now, I didn't know half of these existed because Cult of Strife just overwhelmingly <laughs> drowned out every other option. But these are ridiculously powerful, some of them. You want to tell us about a few? Yeah, so uh, the main one that we've been seeing a bunch of lately is actually, well, lately being the last week, um, the, yep. t the test of skill. So this is you get this in addition to another buff but the what this does is when you make a melee attack against a monster or vehicle you get to plus one to wound that is yes. awesome <laughs> wow wow you want to talk about uh orc buggies was a thing and orc buggies is still probably going to be a thing but probably just yeah. not the orc, thing yeah um there are so many ways and means this is phenomenal man this i mean is orc so buggies red knights the new tower exactly. build, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just goes on and on I think this is one of the biggest mirror match picks that I've ever seen. If you're playing Drakari and you're worried about Drakari, I think your Cult of Strife actually has a contender now just because of the meta. Where, oh, um, for sure. What would you pair this with? So you have a couple of options. Um, some of them are more consistent than others, um, but one of the good ones is Precise Killers, which lets your Blade Arse ability trigger on a 5-up instead of a 6, mm -hmm. which is very nice. great AP. They're AP 1. But when you're plus one to wound and now you're triggering Blade Artist on a five up, that gets yeah. very dangerous very fast. Yeah. The other one that's super good is Art of Pain, which is when you're in melee range, the power from pain is one turn forward. This lets you advance and charge on turn two with yep. a plus one to hit once you hit melee. Very strong. 
Yes, that is very, very, very strong. It's actually a bit of a, a toss-up which one you want over that. I think I like Precise Killers better. Um, yeah, personally, but, but, but only no, no, only because Dread Knights, like you said. Right. Only because Red Knights have a two up, and most of your stuff being rend one, them still getting a three up is is no bueno. Where as soon as you go to, to rend two, take them to their invuln, probably makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, um, and it's two thirds of the saves you're making them take at that point because you only wound on exactly. fours anyway, so it's exactly. it's rough. <laughs> mm, spot on. Um, all right, uh, the covens. This is the part where we have new stuff to unpack because oh, there was only part. it was uh, there, prior to this there was one coven and one coven only, and it was a build your own one, and it was the liquefier stupidness, you know, over yes. the top. Um, now break these down because we're about to see a bunch more of uh, probably, hopefully, a few different configurations. Um, yeah. So, Prophets of Flesh. We're already never never saw this before the last couple of weeks. Now we're seeing it. Tell us why. So, well, the deepest part of our codex, most of these are really good, and the custom ones, most of them are really are good. very good. Yeah. Um, so, Prophet of the Flesh is actually when I was new to the faction before I was like, I don't want to try the Dark Techno right away. I kind of want to learn the faction simply. I started with Prophets of Flesh, excuse me, as my coven detachment. So, what they get is every character, monster, and grotesque in the command phase picks a wound back up. Nice and simple. You just heal yep. one wound. The other half of it is like a slightly weaker transhuman. Um, so, against things with um, strength seven or less, you have transhuman. Never can wound you on a one through four or one through three. We've seen this with uh, snake bites since then. Yes, and um, just all the Blood Angels players just just cry. My just heart, absolutely my heart cry. For my former allies. I know. I was about to say. You, 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 congratulations, you played yourself, Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the rest of the package. So the warlord traits not super great. It's kind of cute that you pick when you get set up on the battlefield, which is fun. Uh, it you know kind of like a callback to 8th when we would pick Warlord traits at the table. Yeah. This one you get to pick which one you want, depending on the matchup. Um, so you either get Toughness and Wounds or Movement Attacks. It's fine. Didn't really run it even when I was playing Prophets, but it's okay. Um, the Relic, though, is awesome. I love this thing. Amazing. When I was first starting Jukari, this thing was great. Because well, I played a list with like five fight lasts. Funnily enough, this thing hasn't pretty much changed in its form and function from 8th edition. It's a Vexator right. Mask. You took it last time because it was fights last and shenanigans, and now Butterbing fights last and shenanigans. Like, no right. Overwatch. Yeah, picked up a cheeky no Overwatch while I was at yep. it. <laughs> yep. So, it's good. Absolutely amazing. Um, I, don't know what their, I don't know what their stratagem is. They have the best one. What a coincidence. Yes. So their stratagem is use this at the start of the fight phase. Pick a profit, Prophets of Flesh infantry unit within six of a homunculus. Till the end of the phase, each time you make an attack, reroll the hit roll. Full hit rerolls for one wow. CP if it is Rax, two if it's Grotesques. Love it. Thank God you can't even use it on Talos. Correct. Wonderful. That would be Wonderful. insane. Very happy to hear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and you've got you got four rerolled stratagems for either of those units as well. So you can have four rerolls to hit, four rerolls to wound on these things. Yeah, with, really nice. Like a, if you want to get you know into the jank tank a little bit, Adam, I know you love it down there. I do. Uh, you can take a twenty man profits of flesh rack unit and for two CP full reroll to hit and wound, and it's like forty eight attacks. Mm-hmm. That is po uh, spicy. <laughs> Poison four plus, like yeah. you're just gonna AP get some one. damage in. Just gonna get yeah. some damage in. It's gonna be really good. Um, Dark Creed. I've, I believe these guys are the shenanigans with all the morale phase shenanigans, which yeah. unfortunately is not that relevant because morale phase doesn't matter that much to most people. Um, they make it matter a little bit. These are scaries, boys. Yeah, it's interesting. The scaries have been able to make them make sense, but even then, like 
I do. I see him going into into Tyranids in the future, and I'm just like, well, you, you just wasted your choice there. Um, what are yeah. your thoughts? Do you think there's many legs? So these guys actually have parts of their their leadership manipulation stuff ties into itself really well, which a lot of mm-hmm. other books leadership manipulation stuff doesn't, which is yeah. a shame. Um, so not only do they reduce your leadership by one, but if they have a higher leadership than you, they just get plus one to hit. Exactly. Which is awesome on something like Talos, who have pretty good innate leadership, and then they start hitting on three or start hitting on twos earlier or if they have the gauntlet the minus one to hit one they can yep. just hit on twos that's terrifying yes, it's very that nice thing is a thunder hammer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah agreed man so they tie that again so another layer of synergy into their warlord trait which strips a unit's obsec and it makes it fail actions very 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 strong for things like uh denying banners etc etc turning off yeah. the auras um because uh, you, you, of course, you just turn off obsec and then you don't have one obsec guy and the banner disappears, etc. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, and, and and you're on speedy boys. There's even if you're not, which is just still quicker than the average, you know, X Y Z. Yeah, um, for sure. So yeah, really, really good there. Um, jump it down. Is there, sorry, is there anything else to, to touch on there? Because I thought I was pretty sure there. <laughs> their relic pistol bang. <laughs> um, and we're going to touch about touch. Pistol. Love a good relic pistol. Um, pretty sure there's not much to unpack there. And I, I don't remember there. I, pre- I remember there. Um. Strapping very funny, forgettable. But it's not very good. Uh, yeah, it lets you snipe. It lets you ignore lookout, sir, with a core character unit, which is funny in that you can use it on Talos and mm-hmm. shoot a character with six heat lances. Mm-hmm. But that's three CP to do that. Exactly. So be a really important character. <laughs> Better be like the best damn character you never want to see ever again. Seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cult of Twelve. What have we got here? So these guys give you uh, plus one AP in melee, which is awesome because, like we were just talking about a minute ago, racks your base AP one. Base AP2 racks is pretty scary. It is, yeah. Uh, and like all the grotesque weapons are either AP0 or AP2, which getting them to one or three is very good. Um, so yeah, that one's just like flat. It also lets them shoot and perform actions. That one's a lot more niche. Because... Yeah. Because I mean, what, what, what are your options? You got uh, Ossifactors and Hex Rifles that you can put on racks, yeah. and that's We're pretty much it, right? Super crazy. You can put liquefiers on your grotesques. Yep. Which is and... expensive, yeah. Yeah, it's expensive, and then you're actioning and shooting with your grotesques. It's kind of confusing. It's a weird push-pull with what they're trying to do there. Yeah, I mean, the other times, oh, is it... Well, because everything else is monsters, right? So it's very rare they get to do actions, if at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Vital intelligence scan or exactly whatever, right. and yeah. then action. Kind of cool. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, really yeah. specific. Very specific. Yeah, but you're right, though. Um what have they got for their wall of trait? Each time uh, an attack is allocated this wall, it's tracked one from the damage characteristic, uh, where you can just pick a build-your-own custom thing that gives it to your whole army. Everyone. Yep. Relic, uh, homunculus tools only, uh, strength user minus two D3 damage, poison weapon two plus. Each time an attack is made against a character, damage characteristic of three. Look, that's not terrible. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't... terrifying. Yeah, but <laughs> your homunculus... Are okay in melee. They're not bad in melee, are they? But at the same time, if they're, if they're... Usually you want them to be, what, three inches back from your... Talos and Kronos, because you don't want them to get killed and lose the toughness buff, right? I get my homunculus involved all the time, but mine also stands up when he dies. So. Well, that's exactly right. Unless he's the super, <laughs> unless he's the super, the super yeah, exactly. boy. Yeah, you're not you're not chucking him in. Um, but this is a good way to make the super boy, you know, a relevant and scary character. Oh, yeah. yeah, he'll get in there and murder some characters. They also have a uh, weapon that, like, you just roll to hit, and they hit on twos. And if you're successful, it does a mortal. Just so, like, it's just yeah. like boom, take a mortal, and then take three attacks with this terrifying weapon yeah and then he's got his scissors and some other crap yeah exactly he's got a bunch of rando attacks um what is their cp what is their strat uh stratagem 
after a coven of 12 homunculus unit. Oh, it's about the homunculus again. Here we go. <laughs> Consolidate. Yeah. Select an enemy character within engagement range. Roll a d6. On a 2 through 5, it suffers d3 mortal wounds. On a 6, it suffers d3 plus 3. <laughs> That's hysterical. That's so <laughs> weird. That is so weird and so niche. So if you wanted to make a homunculus that exclusively Assassin. hunts characters, go yeah. for it. There are so many better options. And we're about yeah. to talk about them because we're up to the build your own covens and this is kind of nuts how much power oh, they a G-Dub just decided to hide in here. Like yeah. I think I think about Born Heroes and Whirlwind of Rage and in the fact that that is pretty much the only option in the Space Marine book that makes any sense to be stuck together. There are some other ones like your Master Artisans or the Plus, the plus Range, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. that are okay. But the fact that we can go through this and just be like, well, there's two or three in here that are just better than almost every other yeah, you know, actually, better... all of these are good. Exactly right. It's terrifying. Tell us yeah. about a couple. So I'll start with the first one because it's what I'm running right now. It's the one you're you're yeah. going to see everywhere. Yeah, a thousand points of my two thousand point list is this. So it is Artists of Flesh, which is each time an attack is allocated to a model with this obsession, excluding vehicle models, which is just Raiders Venoms. Um, subtract one from the damage characteristic to a minimum of one. Piss off. <laughs> that's all i've got to say about that yeah. um it's so strong i just oh my god could you imagine them just giving that to other armies like just yeah, oh. be insane just here you go i'd love a i'd love a build can i have a build your own like a guard list that gives minus one damage to my vehicles to my like lehman russes and stuff to be the inverse of this one because that would be oh so good yeah that would be um, yeah, just the vehicles that would be awesome actually um, we're gonna dodge. We're gonna dodge dark technomancers because everyone knows yeah. what that does, and yes, hopefully we, that, one's, that one's pretty popular. <laughs> hopefully, we're seeing less of it, but I don't. I don't think so. I think we're gonna see about the same amount, or possibly a little bit more. And yeah. we all know how scary that crap is. Um, but there's more to this still. So keep going, mate. What else you got to tell For us? For sure. About? Uh, real quick, I mean, the upshot of dark techno is these days it's only on Chronos, not. The dudes in the boats going forty. <laughs> yes, everyone, everyone, pour one out for the 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 Relax. Warhammer gods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one was worried about that. Dude, I've, oh my god. The fear. The fear of the liquefiers. <laughs> of just a raider with like two units of five racks in it, just rocking up and just icing a redemptor because he decided to roll 12 hits and just like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, good, or sometimes they would just you. like, yeah, they would just kill like two Van Vet squads and you'd be like, yes. what is happening? Why? Why is this allowed? Yeah. Um, yeah, so keep going. Tell us about some more. So, the. Uh... Artist of Flesh one is all-consuming, so you can only have that one when you have it. Uh, yep. Pretty much the rest of these can be any combination of the two. So there's one that just adds plus one strength, which is pretty good. Strength yep. four, makes some little space marines. You can yep. get reroll charges. Yep. You can, you can get uh, automatic on hits roll of a six. Yep, there's the um, ignore light and heavy cover, Yep. That which one's is pretty not good. bad at all. Um, uh, although you're, you're not you're not known as a very heavy shooting army, so it doesn't do it come up as much as you yeah as much as you think. Yeah, and heavy cover is not super prevalent, so you're not really seeing a lot of plus one save in melee. Mm -hmm. um, one of the best ones is actually master torturers, which is reduces the cost of torturers craft, which is the full reroll to wound strap. By yeah, one. and it doesn't say to a minimum of one, so you can no, just make zero. it free. It's just free, yeah. you know, on on racks and stuff. It's actually kind of nuts. Yeah, and it's one CP for grotesques yeah. and Kalos. Um, and then the other one that's really, really good is Splinter, Bla Splinter Blades, which is hit rolls of six score an additional hit. Yes. I'm, I'm actually a fan of 
most of these and you would not feel bad about sticking any two of yeah. these together that you can or like and both of the all-consuming ones i'm sorry and for those you, people who might be confused about the all-consuming all-consuming just means if you take any build your own one that's all you can take you don't get a second one onto it so if it says all-consuming yeah. oh, in the brackets if you could chuck stuff with dark technomancers <laughs> oh my god huh. just i mean adam artists of flesh and splinter blades don't even get oh, me started Ooh, no, i would be no, a very no. happy man no <laughs> no one else would be um, yes that's true but, that's fair <laughs> but that wraps us up uh, so for the covens and the cults and the, the etc etc um yes. and it's terrifying how much depth there is like it's just like you could see um all con like you could see so many things getting nerfed and there being just another option down the pipe and another option down the pipe so many meta shifts and you know changes in mission structure or whatever and just being another option another option another option there's just goodness just sprinkled all the way through that section it's crazy yeah for sure it's been a very uh rewarding army to roll to because as i've learned the different parts like most of them have stayed relevant and even parts that haven't have then made the way for like a fun new thing to learn yeah that, that's awesome actually uh, and uh, for the, for naysayers you'd be like oh just playing the strongest thing in the in the game that's one of the reasons to play the strong stuff is because you just have a lot more fun because there's a lot more intriguing things to discover the tech choices actually matter i mean we look at we look at a lot of people talk about where gray knights got to now gray knights are you know possibly an SGO, one of the best armies in the game but they're essentially a one build or a you know a two unit army and then you just yeah, sprinkle they're... in the stuff around it it's it's inter in, in, interceptors and dread knights in a sliding scale of how many you want and then everything else is just built around that core yeah. there is so much freedom it's so liberating to play an army that just has strength in every slot um, and i'm sure you can speak to a better brother yeah for sure we're definitely not railroaded into any one thing um i talk about it with you know people in the various channels a lot that like hey like this is how i am gonna play jukari because i'm super aggressive but there's like a ton yeah. of room for like much cagier gameplay or like you know there's a million ways to play this book and that's one of the more fun parts of it um, well exactly being strong is that you're not railroaded into like if you're a weaker codex art is a great example there's like three data sheets you can use from that book it's like good exactly. luck playing exactly. these four things yeah yeah spot on and at the same time like when people talk about gray knights being good i think there is a timer on gray knights being good um, not yeah. only in the fit, I think that there there might be a fix coming down the pipe. Possibly, um, um, there's whispers of like dread knights getting a specific rule of three on dread knights, so you can't have five dread knights. It'll be three of whatever configuration you'd like, be, be that grandmaster or regular. Um, but uh, like uh, the thing is though, if you've only got two good units in your book, and there are other strong books around, especially things that are as deep as you know what Drakari and Admech are, you just find the you just find the meta choices, you just you just find the the counter picks, and yeah, you, you jump about your business. Thing. Well, exactly, like test your skill. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you take ten Hellions into a a Dread Knight with any other build, and they don't do a damn thing. They bounce and they explode because the, the damage two, strength six on the return. Um, yep. Test a skill. All of a sudden, couple of CP. You kill that bastard, and you kill him good, and it feel, yeah. it's really really nice. Um, Mr. Naden was actually telling me about that from his his list. I was like, I love the test of skill ten man Hellions. They just seem yeah, so sick, the, especially with precise killers where you're getting you know another AP two two damage. Yes, it's rough, really really good, man. <laughs> All right, um, up to the real space raids. So this is so not only did did Drakari get to have the full refund on triple patrol, they got their own specific uh, battalion they can build. Tell us a little bit about this, mate. So this is a. It looks a lot more complex than it is when you look at like the, there's a whole chart in here and like the, it looks a lot more confusing than it is what you're essentially doing is you're building a pretty loreful detachment so what happens is you take one of each hq choice archon succubus homunculus then you have to take one of each troop type 
Fallout Warriors, which is Rax. From there, yeah. the world is your oyster as far as a battalion goes. Um, you could technically do this in a brigade as well, but that's that's Mad Lad stuff. Yes. Uh, at 2K anyway. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So what you get from being a real space raid, or like one of the big things is that the Archon's reroll aura now works on everyone. Everybody. It's very, so, very cute. Yeah, everyone's rerolling ones to hit. So that's super good. Another thing this gives you is uh, if you wanted to take like three Artist of Flesh Talos units, but you didn't want to take two patrols of Artist of Flesh, you can do that in a real space raid because it's a battalion, you have three heavy support slots. Exactly right. Um, and I, I do think this is a very liberating thing now. And it used to be that this wasn't even an option. The Triple Patrol was the only real way to play the competitive Correct. Uh, list. Why has that changed? So the the cross synergy with the real space raid. I don't personally play real space raid, but that's because I have a binding, everlasting relationship with the one true save here, Drasar. Um, yep. But that is a separate issue that we can get to when we get to his data sheet. Um, so, but the like cross synergies, especially if you're playing Blackheart. Blackheart has additional real space raid synergies. Yep. Where they make the blades for hire. Uh, so that's like Incubi and um, Scourges and Mandrakes get their bonus of power from pain being one turn forward. Yes, which on the Incubi is really, really impressive. Oh, it's, yeah, it's huge. You get yeah. advance and charge from turn one. Turn one. Basically, starting on turn two, they ignore hit modifiers because they have a two up weapon skill base. Exactly, exactly. You've got to be neg two to make a difference, and it's very hard to come by neg two these days. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even then, they're only hitting on threes. <laughs> exactly. So, guess you're still, you're still doing the damage. Um, right. Yeah, th this thing has got a lot of legs as well. And of course, you are giving up the which. Well, you're giving up um, most of the benefits, like we said, from Cult of Strife. Yeah, you lose and Cult of Strife. Basically. What what those are determined between you and your you know loving TO. Please give them a lot of love. Um, yes. But it's where it makes it significant is that all of a sudden you're quite liberated in the fact that you know you can really tech into your bits and pieces um, with your different cults. Um, uh, which which one is the go-to? Because right now all I see is people uh, jumping in Red Grief now, especially with all the witch stuff getting points increases, which is Blood Bride, Succubuses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, a lot of that stuff is less appealing to take that as being the majority of your force, which is what it was in, in most previous um, iterations, yeah? Usually it was the Cult of Strife had more points in it than the Covens, than the um, the whatnot. Either that, or people had two Cult of Strife attachments, for, for God's sake. Yeah, you would typically see a lot of Cult of Strife in the Triple Patrol builds, because they would eat up a bunch of your points and most of your CP, so you were just kind of just doing that. But in the real space raid, uh, you can take, like I was saying earlier, Red Grief isn't CP-reliant, because you're giving your witches yes. Hypex, you're not really using them to kill things, they kind of just, like, a unit of Red Grief witches going out of a raider they're, with Hypex, their maximum movement is movement, like not charging, is 21 inches. Wow, that is yeah. insanity. And then they <laughs> so, get a re then they get a rerollable charge. Um, yeah, after yeah. that, like when they're done. Yeah. <laughs> so there, you see a lot of that because it's low investment. You can still make a pretty good beater succubus outside of Strife. Um, and then you know that's all your buy-in is as far as the witch cult stuff is concerned. Yeah, like it exactly just costs right. you the one succubus, the one witch, and now yeah. your archon gives everybody rerolls because you're gonna take. I think you're gonna take most likely Cabal and Coven stuff anyway. 
Exactly. So now you get all these extra benefits for the low price of a crazy combat character and an yes. insanely fast obsec unit. Yes. Well, that's exactly right. So it used to be that you know you were taking a trooper patrol and usually you would take a little bit of tax here and there to maximize what you were going to get from. I mean, you take the Feist Last Archon to complement all your attacking abilities and right. quick maneuvering from the the witch cults. Um, and now it's going to be vice versa. It's going to be like a killer character nestled in like with a bunch of Talos and grotesques, just really you know about to jump out and murder somebody. Um, Absolutely. And so yeah. The kind of the kind of big paradigm shift there. Where do you see? Uh, maybe we'll leave that to part two. I was about to say, where do you see cabals going from here? Um, and, and what units you take, apart from, of course, you know, the ubiquitous incubators and things like that, which I call cabals. I don't know what everyone else does, but um, I know they're not. But we'll move on. And we'll talk about <laughs> the strats, my dude. So there is a lot of strats. <laughs> well, Sounds actually, good. there's not a huge amount. There's three pages. But let's hit the high points and uh, laugh about the low points. Take it away. Yes. So the strats for Jakari are funny because in these three pages of stratagems, I have more strats than I would use across my Blood uh, Angels, which yes. had a supplement and a book and all sorts. So well, <laughs> well, me and me and Jack laughed about how you could literally delete three quarters of the, the Blood Angel strats. Yeah. You know, you can play angel with sacrifice, baby. We need that. Exactly. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, angel sacrifice. The and yeah, there's like two or three others that actually make sense. Of course, Fallen Fury being one of them as well. Oh, baby. Um, get me started i love death company <laughs> uh, so, so tell us about some of these because there are some ridiculous ones here so i mean right off the bat is one of the best ones it is called cruel deception it is in your movement phase after Dukari units fall fallen back you can pick if you would like to be eligible to shoot or charge that's one cp or you can spend two cp and just do both it's the best version of this strat that we've ever seen um, oh yeah it's yeah. insane the, the, no no one else gets this caveat everyone's like in, in for me it's only bikes and land speeders and they get to fall back and shoot or you know yep. or, or fall back and charge etc whatever uh, for other other options these guys just say i pay pay as many cp as you want to do whatever you want really 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 strong yeah for sure the next one gets glossed over a bunch but is actually really strong because oftentimes the best cast builds are slanesh Yes. So being able to just be like one CP, four roll to hit wound, get off the board is very nice. <laughs> it is ridiculously good, especially like I mean, keepers of secrets are still holding strong in a lot of metas. Um, they're not not smashing the top tables, but they're still a decent gatekeeper to account for. Uh, do you know who? Do you know who else has a slash keyword? Bellicor slash keyword, baby. Um, although right. you don't get to reroll the bursting, do you? Uh, you you do because his reroll turn off is only against shooting, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, beautiful. Yeah, I can never remember his metrics. I forget if it's the minus one to. Yeah, I can't... That, gets, that we lose to shooting, but four roll to wound against Belcor for one CP is also fine. <laughs> yeah, so who cares? Um, yeah. Torturous craft, I believe that is. That's the new hotness. That's the new hotness. <laughs> this is the reroll to wound, yeah. Yes, that's the reroll to wound for the coven stuff. So oh, any coven thing, you just point at them. If it's character yep. racks, one CP. Anything else, two. We have uh, lightning fast reactor still here for the minus one to hit reactively. Um, yeah, just one CP now instead of two. I think it was in the old book. Yeah. What's uh what uh, there's never stationary as well, um which is another nice spicy new one. That's fire and fade for those of you who forget. Um of course you got webway portal etc etc. Prey on the week I've seen come up more times than I thought when I first oh, that reviewed it. Super this important. Group. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Easy. Tell us about it. So the way this one works is you can use it in the shooting or in the fight phase when you're a Jakari core unit from your army is going to shoot or fight. So when you're targeting an enemy unit, if it's below its starting strength at all, like if they lost one dude. Two turns um, ago. Two turns yeah, ago. Yeah, whenever. Doesn't have yeah. to be this turn, just at some point. Um, you reroll hit rolls of one. If they're below half strength, you reroll everything. Mm -hmm. um, so that good. one's super powerful. Actually, one CP. Most, 
Yeah, one CP, it's great. The most powerful stratagem on that pa this page, for my mind, is actually Pain Siphon. Pain Siphon is, like, a staple in the new Drukari Thick City meta. So what Pain Siphon is, is when a Drukari unit from your army kills an enemy unit with a melee or ranged attack, if they are within six inches of a Kronos unit, you spend one CP, and they have turn five power from Pain for the rest of the game. Rest of the game. It's pretty nuts. Because turn two, this is kind of reliably to get off turn two, if not turn three at least. So let me let me tell you a quick tale, Adam. Do so, it. When I was testing Thick City after the points changes, I played against an orc player. A local guy, pretty good player, fun game. He goes first, and or sorry, I went first and shot something to death. On his turn, I killed some stuff in the fight phase in an overwatch. How it shook out, basically, was that going into the bottom of two, I had five units on turn five power from pain. What in the crap? Okay. Um, <laughs> I see it because it merely all range. So you can use this when you kill you something in shooting and when, then again in the same turn when you kill something in fighting, if and they you let can you. Use it in Overwatch. <laughs> wow. Get out of town. That's disgusting. Yeah, that, that one's real good. <laughs> That's disgusting. I hate it. Um, here's one. Here's one that broke people's brains when it when it first came out, but oh, hasn't. I haven't. Uh, apart from the yeah, flyby. People lost their minds. I lost my mind over this. I'm like, I'm a guard player. I have like my good units have four wounds. You know, my good characters have four wounds. This is horrible. Um, and so when I read this, I thought this was going to be you know the death of the, the the three and four wound character. Hasn't turned out to be that way. It's still pretty sick though, and I'm so we. I expect to be seeing it more than ever now, and that's because Hellions didn't get touched, right? Yeah, Hellions went untouched in the points increases, which is amazing to me but you know it's, yeah to me that, gw thank you <laughs> that was the big miss for me for yeah. to my mind hellions were one of the best and possibly the unsung hero of that book when blood brides and witches and succubus were getting all the crazy attention hellions was like the the old reliable always did well was never a bad choice unit and now they're just going to get better i think by default um sure. i played a unit of 10 with the attack drug in my old list and strife and with we roll wounds they would just blow the doors off stuff Dude, I oh, when I was when I was playing Deathwing when when Dark and when Dark Elder oh, first no. came out, I was like, oh my god! And my, <laughs> I was playing against Matt Morisoli, testing out all the Tricari stuff, and I was like, sigh, because he'd take a unit of fifteen, and then um, he'd be like, oh, some games I'll two the some games I'll two the last this, and then against Adam, I'm just gonna instant kill his apothecary turn one, I'll <laughs> turn two, and uh, yeah, yeah, and then I'm like, oh well, game's over. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, thanks. All right, good yeah. talk, man. Because <laughs> he'd go over, he'd kill the apothecary, and then if I didn't perfectly zone out the behind, he'd charge in and kill the um the minus one damage banner as well, and I'd be like, yeah, well, okay, dust dust my hands off, shake your hand, let's start over. Let's I'll play a different army now. Thanks. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm just switched and, to Ravenwing. <laughs> yeah, Ravenwing. Here we go. <laughs> but yeah, tell us how does this shake out for those people who may not know about it or may not have All been right, bad cool. touched by it. So eviscerating flyby. Um, basically, the way it works is you pick a witch cult unit that can fly. So that is your Hellions or uh, something I liked and other people did not necessarily love the Reaver jet bikes after it moves or advances. So. All you have to do is have one model in your unit tip that base of theirs, and you get to roll one dice for every model in your unit, which, you know, Hellions, like you were saying, go up to 15, 20 mans. Reavers get up to 12, I think. Yeah, I think 12. Um, so you roll one dice, and every single dice that is a 5-up, they suffer a mortal wound. If the thing you targeted was an infantry model, it's on a 4-up. Yep. Just 
just go away. Yeah, just see ya. Do not uh, want. <laughs> earlier, I was talking about the Blight Spawn a bit. This is actually my most common use for that stratagem, is I would use this to hit Blight Spawn or Catan. Yes, exactly right. It's so, so good. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, with people wanting to take the, the test, well, Sean Dayton especially taking test of skill with, you know, his 10-man um, Hellion squads, this thing just becomes more and more potent. Oh, really, yeah, you really, really got to mind your uh, P's and Q's against those. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. Um, Deadly Rivals is the one so that, that links into this one, because this is the one that uh, if you take a unit of Reavers and a unit of Hellions, they're both, for 2 CP, they buff each other. If they're within 12 <laughs> inches invisible, um, you both get plus one to move, and each time they make an attack with a melee weapon, you can re-roll the hit roll. So that's not so much good for buffing Reavers, but it is it makes makes when you want to sling out a unit of Hellions and just make them just hit up, it, go, it pops off so hard. Yeah, for sure. Reavers have deceptively good melee. They're strength 4, AP 1. They have the same amount of attacks as Hellions. Like, it's yeah, not actually that bad. You can't get as many dudes in the unit as the thing. Because, I mean, unless you want to take yeah. a 12, man. It, it really makes sense. I used to play a 9, man. Yeah, well, at 9, it does make sense, doesn't it? Like, at 9, yeah. man, they do, they do actually start to do some stuff. Yeah, um, they both get the hit reroll anyway. So when your Hellions and your Reavers charge, you start just, like, well, exactly. those that's dudes the in the thing. middle. That's the thing. <laughs> like, two things. Just uh, They yeah. start within 12 inches of each other. And then, because it's in your command phase, and then they can just go off in completely different directions, and they both continue with the buffs. It's nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about this third page. What have we got here? So there's not a ton that I use on this page except for one in particular, which is Enhanced Aether Sales. This stratagem is awesome. This has probably won me more like top table, high level games than most other stratagems. Um, this is when a Raider or Ravager unit from your army is selected to advance. Do not make an advance roll. Instead, just add eight. Yes, <laughs> just add eight. A crazy. Yeah, insane. So oftentimes what you're doing with this is you're setting up a play, not necessarily for this turn, because it's not like you can get out of the boat after you advance, but you're putting something that is like a must answer right this second into the enemies either inside their deployment zone or right on yes. the doorstep. Yes, exactly right. Uh, it's it's very, very, very strong. And this was the this was broke ass nuts when the liquefiers were off their guts. It was yes. just the worst freaking thing imaginable. Um, oh, did you leave your deployment zone in Dawn of War? That was I'm a mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bad choice, brother. Uh, yeah, it was terrifying. Um, it wasn't even like leave your deployment in Dawn. It was like, are you more than one yes. inch off your back oh line? My God, it was so bad, dude. Uh, um, but there's a couple of other really interesting ones here. The hypersteam backlash for the doubling your combat drugs. I've seen come up quite a few times especially uh, the like paying two cp to go from plus one attack to plus two attacks on things like the blood brides which would then fight twice and get yeah. so much mileage was really important i'm not sure how much we're going to see it now with cults on the decline um Hyperstim always made me sad because it was one of those things that i felt like people were trying to use to get Drakari nerfed because i've never used the stratagem once but people always do math on witches like they have it active. yes like they have it active. <laughs> and, well the thing is the thing is though you just didn't need it the fight twice was just better it's just yeah, a better version of this it's... Listen, Adam, Drakari deserved to get nerfed. I'm just saying they didn't need to add the hyperstim math. Oh, okay, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, truth, the truth is things were way worse because they usually didn't need the hyperstim math exactly. to do whatever they wanted to do. Uh, but uh, here's <laughs> so another one. So Drakari was, I feel like, the first... Oh, sorry, we had Death Guard come out and showed us that essentially there was a paradigm shift with Jedi where they wanted every army to be able to sprinkle some CP and do a handful of mortal wounds. Um, and that started off with Necrons doing three with Mephrit, and then only went up from there. So turns out, Mephrit, turns out Necrons got the raw end of that deal because you know Dracar like Dark Elder, sorry, um, Death Guard can do way That's more so than many. that. 
one relic just does triple that, but you know, yep. for the lols. Um, and then of course we had the the flyby for for um, what we just talked about, Hellions. And then we had Shock Prowl. Now I'm, Shock I'm actually surprised we didn't see Shock Prowl more often, especially with the Lucius Bricks. I thought Shock Prowl was a good option there. But the thing is, like the Decry book was so deep, you didn't need to go that direction, was it? Correct. Yeah, it was. It ended up being one of those weird things where there was a point where I was considering putting Shock Prowls on, and then I just took Chain Snares instead. And Chain Snares yes. are like my favorite upgrade to anything in any army. But, uh, <laughs> having six attacks with your boat is hysterical um but yeah shock is really good it just didn't take off oh we totally there's a stratagem on this page that i actually want to talk about adam oh, tell the story. potent metallotoxins remember we were talking about that giant rack brick earlier oh i remember when i was telling you about those hellions the, well, yeah. the, those hellions just turned out that you know every other game they'll just take my last two wounds off my redemptors now because they're yeah. pricks. Yeah. <laughs> so this stratagem right here is uh, in the shooting or fight phase. It makes poison affect vehicles, which is just nuts. I mean, it, tell me that they if, if they have they have the technology to do that, um, like they probably should just bake it in. They yeah. should probably just have that, you know. They should probably yeah. just <laughs> you just you just take a different kind of venom instead yeah. of the regular venom this is the venom right. that hurts the vehicles this is the one that doesn't but anyway yeah that is a really good one it's such a good finisher such a good finisher oh, there was, you, com you, you combine it with racks you know you spend three cp it's expensive but you have racks that are strength three wounding t8 vehicles on a four up on a four plus man wounds. yeah dude because it's a uh, shooting all fight phase and this this makes all the freaking difference when a rack goes into a knight like you, you it's unbelievable the difference this one does not work on titanic of course it doesn't. Sorry, not nice. It's just any old vehicle. Sorry, yeah, I, was, any I meant large vehicle. Yeah, I meant I meant Redemptors again, but I didn't want to say Redemptors again. So I did. <laughs> Dread Knights works on. <laughs> That's true. Although Dread Knights not as good. That Rend one. Yeah. It just doesn't. Rend just two, doesn't. Two out of six. Do you as good. It, yeah, it's correct. It's correct. I think <laughs> well, we're dropping two more CP for four. Well, possibly zero. Yeah. Um, see. Aha. But yeah, aha! It's all—it's almost like it's a good book or something, mate. Yeah, um, you can just slam anything together, and it works out pretty well. Synergies. Uh, but yeah, the, this was a very complete um, set of stratagems, and of course, as soon oh, as sure. any holes this book may have had were just so patched up by the Cult of Strife supplement, it was ridiculous. Because when I first saw this, I was like, "Ha! I'm going to put flamers on everything, and then witches can never charge me!" Ha 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 ha! And then Cult of Strife said no, um, and everybody said, we will simply charge you instead. Yeah, and all yeah, and everyone was way sadder. Uh, but is there any big holes missing from this that you can see now in hindsight, or any anything that was we thought was good that was crap, or anything that we thought was crap that was good? Um, I, again, the main thing that I always see with this one is that like hyperstim got like crazy hype when people when it came out. I just never once used it. Um, mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. I think Torturer's Craft was definitely a little slept on early because yeah. people just weren't using a lot of the Coven stuff. And then once they started to, they were like, oh my god, this does what? <laughs> yes, exactly right. Well, there's one... Um, and, and just, it's, it's interesting to see that um, Never Stationary, I feel like, was used so much more as an aggressive tool. Um, and now oh, yeah, I feel like... It, techno days. Woo. Yeah, I feel like it might, it might switch into a defensive tool now. What do you think? Um, in... I use it sparingly but part of that is because most of the guns in my new list have like 18 or 12 inch range so yep. i'm not really doing yep. that at most it's like i'll take the one raider i have in the list and like you know move up shoot the dark lance 2cp fire and fade behind a wall but that's a mm -hmm. very expensive dark lance shot yeah so yeah it's one of those it's like six of one half a dozen of the other sometimes it's great sometimes it's not sometimes it's great offensively like you were saying a minute ago though um, if you can get it to go on Talos, like turn one, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, I, I, I've actually seen it used on Chronos to keep them out of charge range. Oh yeah, you so can you, definitely advance up, flame and yo-yo back. That's yeah, annoying. exactly right. And just keep keep that like was a we ran like a 18, 19 inch barrier between you and your opponent. It's yep. just really, really, really huge pain in the ass issues. Uh, because you, if you're a, if you're a, a space marine equivalent, you don't have a jump pack. There's just no way to close that distance. Yeah, you just can't get um, them. And then what do you do if you do? You just, oh, cool, I get overwatched. <laughs> Lovely. They just die uh, overwatch. Well, cool. well, because that's the thing. That's the thing. If you want to charge Chronos, you need to double, triple charge them. Because the first first unit usually just dies. Well, you just and so, a whirlwind, baby. Oh, uh, yeah, baby. Whirlwind. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I was doing that for a long time. <laughs> no, yeah, you're actually right. And that's the thing. Like, There's so many armies are in such hard positions where they have to take things that are not aren't very good that outside good. of one stratagem. Yeah, exactly right. They're just not that good, but we have to take them because it's, it has a form and function we just desire. Um, all right, we're up to the chapter-approved rules, the secondaries. There is a little bit to unpack here, but of course there is one that is just head and shoulders above the others, and we will leave that to last. Are there any others here worth talking about? So, Take Them Alive is pretty good in the mirror. Tell us why. So, what this is, is the way this works is it's in Purge the Enemy, which sometimes uh, mirrors don't always give up great, like, assassinate or, you know, things of that nature. Yep. Um, so if you take this, they're bound to have some amount of characters or monsters, especially now. And you get, yep. so the score is turn to turn. It's not cumulative. You don't get like a million points from it. But yep. in a turn where you've killed a character or a monster, you get three victory points. And if you killed anything besides a character or a monster or a vehicle, you get one victory point. So you can get up to four per turn for just yep. doing what you already wanted to do. What you what you pretty much have to do to fight like if it's thick if it's uh, spicy v thick city it's gonna be monsters on monsters eg you're killing monsters every time for sure and in those um, mirrors you're pretty good to take stranglehold anyway so you don't need yeah. a battlefield supremacy secondary yeah which is that's what a, you would normally take out of the book so that's a great you're just, point you're in there with two awesome secondaries for no mm. cost you take rod and you're in there with a 97 if you you know all goes to plan yeah exactly right um uh, what about the other two so beast beast of, from the for the arena score three victory points at the end of the battle for each enemy monster cavalry or beast unit that was destroyed by a melee attack made by a witch cult unit ah it's the right yeah yeah, yeah. that's it's too, not, specific. No, no, no. Yeah, too, too specific yeah too specific if that was anything that'd be really good in this matter but witches killing talos or witches killing dread knights well not so the witch, witches killing dread knights yeah sure but as soon as you take this they're like well i'm just never going to be putting a dread knight yeah we're going to put those in the back right in the back playing with the power armor today um <laughs> and then fear and terror uh in the no mercy no respite score one victory point at the end of the battle for each uh model that fled from an enemy unit during the battle round uh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know how you would get this to start triggering. You'd have to take uh, like Dark Creed. You'd have to be playing against Guard. Yeah. Like it's like a whole yeah, it's a, thing. Literally against Guard when you're playing Dark Creed is the only way this would work. Yeah. The one um, funny thing about that one is that the flavor text is a lot longer than the, it's what huge. it does. <laughs> it's freaking huge, man. The flavor text is gigantic. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, all right. Tell us about Herd the Prey. So for those who don't know, Necron's oh got the sa exact same, exactly the same thing as this. Necrons have exactly the same thing as this, except the Necron one is bad for Necrons, and this is an auto 15 for most Drakari. So tell us the story. So I heard the prey. I'll just read it, and then I'll explain why it's like the best thing that's ever happened to this army. Um, so it says, score two points at the end of your turn for each table quarter that does not have any enemy units wholly within it. This objective cannot be scored this round. So... Yep. A lot of the battlefield supremacy things require you to be in a place doing a thing. Elves don't want to be anywhere. Elves often end up in the graveyard. So those secondaries often end up forcing you to commit units for points that you don't want to do. 
This one, Talking on the other that. hand, flips that script entirely. It says to your opponent, if you do not put something in both table or all four table quarters, I will get a 15. Exactly right. The odds of this being denied are extremely low, um, to the point that often the best strategy against someone that takes her the prey is to just let them have 15. Let them have 15 points. Um, because if you try and deny it, especially something like three of limited units, you will lose the tempo war so hard that you will lose the game. Yes. And this, what does this compete with? Because it competes with some, some relative other secondaries. Yeah, so a lot of people, I notice this a lot, uh, it's like a joke I make all the time that like I wasn't an Eldari main in any way, shape, or form before this point, but a lot of the old, the old diehard elf folks are too attached to engage on all fronts to let it go. Yes. And they don't need to take it anymore, because this is insane. So, you know, engage is like a very easy 10. It's like, in my mind, engage is the best way to lose less. Um, if you want to just take yes. it, like a secondary, that's like, I'm going to throw some dudes over there. I'm going to get some points. It's probably not going to be a 15. And in some matchups, that's game losing. But like, you know, it's comfortable. This is pretty easy to do and just free points. But it also competes with Stranglehold, yeah. which is awesome in Thick City. So that this is the issue, yeah? The issue people have is that it completes with Stranglehold. Not so much. I, I agree. Engage is an issue, but you, like, th this, so Stranglehold is a very good secondary for Dark Eldar. You clear objectives extremely, extremely well. And yeah. most of the time, you're, well, prior to this, when your witches, witches were your your best ob objective secured unit and one of the best, uh, like, you know, other objective secured Smash units. Kill it. <laughs> Smash units. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and so it made all the sense in the world. And with the shift to um, Thick City, I think this is better now than it was. I used to love people, like people taking Herd the Prey against me when I was playing some armies because it made me get stuff out of their boats in their deployment. Um, oh yeah, for sure. That was one of the best things. Like, I'm like, okay, if they take Herd and I put this combination of units there, they have to get out this, this, and this, which lets me kill that next turn, which means it's not getting slung into my backfield next turn. Um, and of course, that didn't translate into phenomenal wins, but what it did was give me some agency in that matchup, especially when it was Marines on Drakari, which was horrific. Um, yeah, so, driver's seat in that matchup and being able to have any degree of like, okay, I have control over this specific thing is really Yeah. Cool. And yeah, exactly right. So make it, that, that was one thing. Thick City's worse. I can't, you can't do it. Like, you can't deny this against Thick City. Like, Ironically, if Thick City wants to sit and just have two objectives, you just, like, sorry, two table quarters, there's yeah, like, very yours, little, very little <laughs> you can do. Um, yep. I mean, so, because what, what do you do? You just, like, oh, here's three Kronos and three Talos in this one, and three Kronos and three Talos in, the, in this next one. And th those Kronos can shoot in every, any portion of that table quarter any turn. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's terrifying. So, what? yeah, what are you going to do? Sorry, mate, you go. Tell us more. So, what I was going to say is this one actually synergizes really well with the stratagem we talked about it a little while ago called Pain Siphon. Because mm -hmm. if they're killing you out of table quarters, they're finishing units off, which means yeah. that they're then procking turn five power from paint. Exactly. So dude. people will often throw units at you to try to stop herd and accidentally power your army to the stratosphere. And then only after that has happened, realize like, oh no, he's going to get 15 anyway. Yeah. And I just made his army that much better. Because herd, like, you know, you don't always play to table your opponent. But when you do, like, say you just clean wipe someone, herd is eight points that mm -hmm. that round. <laughs> And so here's the other thing about crazy about Drakari. Um, until now, Drakari always had the resource supremacy on their opponent, as in, I just have more stuff than you, because my stuff is just pointed so effectively. And taking Herd, and then play, playing defensively or being a little bit passive, was forcing your opponent to try and deny that, e.g. forcing them to bleed out or the first trade to be on your terms every single bloody absolutely. game. It was absolutely ridiculous 
ridiculous how well it played into the the modus operandi for Jakari. Like absolutely re- abs- nuts, so nuts. Um, yeah, more, and, uh, more than uh, like victory points, it was mindset play, which was yes, huge. Yes, and now what I think it is is if you try and deny this to Thick City, all you do is give Thick City leapfrogs. You get, let them charge off those units you put in there, and then leapfrog into your deployment zone or, or into your backfield even quicker than they may have done otherwise. And so I actually think it's even worse now than it was. Yep, for sure. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't, I, I don't see the way to use this against against Thick City. Do you? Um. So one thing that Thick City does have is it has less total assets. Yeah. So when the paint engines get committed forwards, if they go for you, uh something that can happen against a less experienced Drakari player is you can sweep behind the engines and the engines can get stuck in the middle, which means yep. now that you're, you know, far enough deep in your deployment zone that you're safe because the engines do have a limited threat range and the engines don't want to go backwards because now they're going to get shot from the things that they're now. Exactly you see what right. I'm saying? You're creating yeah. like a board tension state where there's no real good choices with the engines. And it doesn't matter how tough you are if you can't. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, yeah, because exactly. So there's only there's only so many places they can exist. There are only three models to a unit. They are big right. models, but there's only three to a unit. Their footprint is not huge, and they can only you know they can only be so many places at once. They have no real shooting either on the Talos, which is well, like 900 points of it. Pe- people seem to think the Talos is terrifying shooting unit now, um, and I just don't see it. I'm just like I'm not just not that worried about they're, Talos they're, shooting. They're just it's a good slot machine. Exactly. It's fine. It's good. They're not. They're not incredible. You know. They're not. Yeah. Oh no. People are talking about. Oh, it's they put out the same firepower as Eradicators, and like, nah, they don't, man. No, no. They've no, been they on force. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. Like, if you're T eight, especially, it's like not a thing. Yeah, not a thing. And if you have reactive minus ones to hit opportunities, oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, you're it's just terrible. You're just not worried. It's uh, and yeah, yeah. And all you need is like a five up inborn after that, and you just like cool. One of yeah, one of your worth, also those weapons, those heat lances are heavy. So if the Talos unit is advancing, which is probably what it's doing, because it wants to charge yep. more than it wants to shoot, it's just not shooting at all. Exactly. Yep. It's a big deal. All right. Moving on to the Warlord traits, my dude. There are quite a few here because they have generic Warlord traits. They have three generics, and then they have um, three each for. Oh, sorry, no. They only have the yeah. They have the three each yeah, for we did each the three of them. Um... Earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So we have Kabar Warlord traits, which. To my mind, there's actually just a couple of good hit ones here. We have the Fights Last here, yeah? Yep, Ancient Evil is the Fights Last. That one is awesome. And then we also yep. have Hatred Eternal here, which is insane. <laughs> well, yes, it's four rolls to hit and rolls to wound, which comes on base with Drizar, which That's just Drizar's makes him... Warlord trait, baby. <laughs> oh, it just makes him one of the murder machines of all murder machines. It's so, yes. cra- so crazy, that boy. the king. Um, but yeah, Ancient Evil being the one that I think is probably the best of the picks, of course, just uh, having an auto fights last in engagement range is really, really nice. Yeah, for sure. This is where I differ from a lot of other folks. Some people will just not take Draz at all and put a Jin Blade and a Hatred Internal on an Archon yep. and call it, you know, close enough. Um, I actually like the Jin Blade on my fights last um, because I don't want people to just run into my fights last character. Yeah. Like, okay, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't help i need him yes. to be able to be like i got you with my fights last take these you know ap3 damage three attacks mm. exactly right um 
moving on to the witch cults i mean of course the one that everyone talk, does here is precision blows which is i'll just read that quickly people because it is kind of convoluted each time an unmodified hit roll of six is made for a melee attack used by this warlord the target unit suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the damage characteristic of the weapon that was used for that attack and then the attack sequence ends now we're seeing this most likely most of the time paired with uh razor flails to give um uh the, all those extra attacks yeah so you end up having what is it 12 14 attacks yeah, you end up with 14, and then they combo it with the Strife Relic Dark Lotus Toxin to get it to damage 2. Damage 2. And yeah, so then every 6 to wound is just 2 mortal wounds. Go straight on through. Those um, are 6s uh, to hit, sir. Oh, of course. Apologies. Because, <laughs> you know, why would it be reasonable? Um, yeah, no. Why would it be reasonable when it could be insane uh, instead? Uh, quick Civil Fight is cool. I'd just add 2 to the attacks of this Warlord. Yeah, in, extra attacks. in any other book, that would be fine. For a beta, um, it's totally so superseded. Like, why even have that there when Precision Blows exists? Um, cool. And Stim Addict, never heard of it never seen yeah. it never heard of it don't even know yeah. what it does stematic's not real believe it or not quicksilver fighters is not super bad if you're taking a red grief succubus dude it's actually um, really good it's really yeah. good on that yeah, damage take... three red grief sucky it's amazing yeah you can do it on that even if you're taking the trip tech web you just add five attacks to the model <laughs> yeah fair ugly why did, yep. you, why did you have to say that Upset i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about the coven ones so the coven ones are not super great. One of them is awesome, though, and that's yes. the first one. Yeah. Master Regenerist basically changes the homunculus's heal ability from D3 to flat 3. That's the one I take. I love that Warlord trait. It's really good. Like we said, we said this at the start. I mean, on a 5 plus feel no pain, that translates into four, you know, four and a half extra wounds on that, that unit, that character. Um, yeah. The other one is add one to the wounds in melee. That's one a wound. Oh, it makes an attack. No, it's not melee. It's anything. Cool. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that. At all. Yeah, we doesn't matter though. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, he um, has a splinter pistol, I think. Yay! Um, and plus one toughness and wounds on the warlord, which in yep. other books that, that actually comes in as like a third pick warlord trait, but in this one doesn't even touch the doesn't sides. Really Makes sense for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does has anything changed? Those we pointed out that the fights last, the precision blows, and the master regenerus from each of those columns. Has any of those shifted at all? With strife quote-unquote falling off like being less common now than the auto include that it was we'll probably see slightly less um precision blows yeah um and we i mean hatred eternal and ancient evil are pretty commonly taken um they just might become more like one or the other instead of always seeing both Very i have fair. both in my list as an example yeah. but like general we might see you know more one or the other easy done all right on to relics my dude um I want to talk about Parasite's Kiss because it's a pistol. Yeah, yeah boy. Baby. Uh, all right, how good was this pistol then? Let's let's toss it up. Um, right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the meme was alive and well the last time I did this review. So, pistol was, twelve, yeah. three shots, strength two minus two, two damage, poison two plus. Each time an enemy model is destroyed by an attack made by this weapon, the bearer regains a wound. Bless. Yeah. Just ah, oh, love it. If that actually had an 18 inch range, you'd consider taking this because a poison two up gun with AP2 that's damaged to is pretty spooky. Don't but... lie to me. Don't you bring, don't you fill my episode with a house of lies? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, fun Adam. <laughs> gunslinger action in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, fair, fair, fair. All right, tell us about the rest because we, we have the Gin Blaze in here, we have Animus Vitae, we have Triptych Whip. Yeah. There is some. This is the. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is like six relics and four of them are great so the i actually so the helm of spite i'm gonna take a minute to rant a little bit here i don't like relics that do stuff like this where it's like you get a random deny with no bonuses and an otherwise non-psychic army 
Yeah. It's not stopping their psychic powers if they care. Yeah. They have plus like a th- imagine this into a thousand suns, right? Between the cabal points, the inherit bonus. It's not doing anything. Literally this relic. <laughs> like you get you get your dude who has the helm of spite, you take him he well, it doesn't work if he's in a boat, so you take him out of a boat. So you yep. take un- you unprotect your model. Um and you know, you put him within twenty four inch range of the opponent for the opportunity to deny, and then you sit there with a two dice in your hand hoping they roll a five or a six to cast. Yep. That's it. And That's then, all you do. And then, wait, it gets better. When you're done with that, they aim Doombolt and all the other stuff at you and exactly. you die. <laughs> exactly. And just like, here, here's a free character, which, which would have been safe, but instead I've decided to, to hand to you on a platter. Enjoy. Yes, please kill my character that I wasted a CP on a relic for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see. I still don't mind it because T Suns are good because um uh because Grey Knights are everywhere and because Nids are starting to come back. I don't hate it, but yeah. I can't love. I can't love it. I can't yeah, love it or I'm advise people to take it. Of stuff like oh this, no, I I am too. I am too. <laughs> uh, the helm of spite is to you as a relic pistol is to me. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> totally fair. That's exactly true. Uh, tell us about the rest, brother. So the next one's just a bit of fun. The homunculus uh it's the nightmare doll it gives him a four up field of pain which is just very funny in uh, any other in any other book people will be crawling over their grandma for that yeah. on yep. like a, a, a chapter master with a four up involt oh my god yeah just, a four up field wow. of pain. it would be super <laughs> feel i don't want to deal with that at all i'm glad yeah, no one else has those. so good so um, the right side of the page is where the meta <laughs> exists exactly <laughs> <laughs> that was a great line. You're absolutely right, because there is nothing but goodness here. Animus yeah. Vitae, I there's another one that I can't love, but I think if you build into it, it's great. I literally um, just switched to this this afternoon from the Poisoner's Ampule we talked about earlier. I'm going to yeah. try it and see how it goes. Dude, tell um, us a story. What do you think you're going to find there, and why do you think it's worth it? So, I guess for the full context, let's start with what it does, and then I'll tell you like why. So, the Animus Vitae is a grenade. It's got six-inch range. Um... You can shoot it once per battle. Um, if it hits, the target takes D3 mortal wounds. If it's 11 or more models, they suffer D3 plus 3. Don't know why they had to add that part, but sure. And then, until the end of the battle, friendly units with power from pain, so everyone, get plus 1 step 4 power from pain. Uh, sorry, till the end of the turn, not the end of the battle. Uh, they get plus 1 step on the power from pain chart, which is super strong. Um, so pretty often in Thick City, you're going in on turn two. And yeah. what that translates to sometimes at the Talos, if you're taking Gauntlet, you're still hitting on fours with that thing. That's not ideal. So yes. What, what this often translates to is being able to hit on threes a turn sooner, or your opponent got super aggressive and got within 13 inches of your deployment zone. Turn one, you can walk your homunculus up He's on my homunculus. You can do like way other crazy stuff with this. Chuck the grenade and then advance and charge with the Talos and Crunch. Like the entire yes. army turn one. Yeah, just activates. Just bang. Yeah, just we, are, we are right we're away. off the races. Yeah. Um, my thing with the Animus Vitae is as soon as your opponent has knows it exists or has been bad touched by it, it. I feel like it's a thing that gets worse the better your opponent gets. Yeah. I mean, there's and, a degree and, of power in even never using it. Oh, in the deterrent of it, yeah, absolutely. But as soon as yeah. you get past turn three, it becomes void, doesn't it? It becomes it doesn't add that much anyway. Uh, you're saying like on turn four or on turn three? On turn four. So turn four, like you've, it's a wasted relic at that point. Yeah, at that point you just throw in mortal wounds at people. You just but throw on turn yeah, three, exactly. it gives you the invulner turn sooner. Yeah, and that's yeah. Cute. T- turn three, turn three is great. Um, but yeah, exactly what I meant. Like on, on turn four, like if you haven't thrown it yet, why'd you take it? 
Um, yeah, it's not doing a whole hell of a lot at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, the rest of the stuff on this is on this page is just nothing but strength. We have the Dijin Blade, which is the damage three, uh, essentially power sword upgrade, which is ridiculous. Um, it gets gives you two extra attacks. Two extra attacks, reasons. just cause. <laughs> um, so it, you think about why people love. Uh, teeth of terror and then you're like well let's just put an extra damage on that bad boy yeah, and yeah, well, you have you got one more damage one less attack call it good <laughs> one more rend um pff, crazy uh yeah. and we have the triptych whip which is my mind was the the auto take relic of the last archetype i'm um, pretty sure that's the best relic weapon in the game i think like, so not close <laughs> yeah so strength user ap3 damage two uh, it's a poison weapon two plus and each time it is selected to fight it makes three extra attacks so, wowie. Yikes. Yeah, just taking a succubus to nine attacks before anything else. That all just wound on twos. I guess anything. Unless you're, yeah, unless you're a vehicle, yeah. wounds on yeah. twos. And you can get real ones to that from a Kronos. Exactly right, dude. And it's just so damn strong. It's ridiculous. Um, that sums us up. I don't think anything's really changed there. Like, I don't see, you know, Helm of Spite or... I mean, I see Helm of Spite being taken more often as people's second or third relic pick if they're yep. in that meta. If that... If those are the... So, the reason... So, you, you take Helm of Spite if those are the armies that are holding you down. If you go into tournaments, you're playing competitively, and you just can't seem to get past that ceiling, uh, then take the Helm of Spite if you think it's going to help you. And then when it helps you and you're good with that matchup now, consider dropping it again for something else. Yeah, it's a tech piece I th I find for a matchup that we are very strong in, uh, specifically Thousand Suns, because they often have a bunch of characters. Yeah. Any matchup where you're free to take third, assassinate, and a boar, you're off the bases, because you can just, like, the, the objectives almost don't even exist. Like, you're just trying to yeah. play the primary differential, you're getting 45 on your secondaries. Like, exactly. So... It it is a bad day at the office. Okay, yeah. my dude. So we're up to the data sheet stuff, blah blah blah. But this is okay. Okay, I remember. I remember this review a little bit more now. It's coming back to me. You know, nigh on oh. fifty episodes ago or something. Yeah, um, here we go. Because I remember going through this review and being like, "Why have we gone through like twenty pages of review and only now do we actually see what the hell power from pain does?" Yeah, all the way at the end. <laughs> all through, we've gone through all the rules that plus it, minus it, do all this wonky stuff, double it. Um, and same with combat drugs. You know, they give you all the context for what you can do to mess with all your your rules, and then don't tell you what the actual rules are until right yep. at the end. At Unpack the end. this for us. Um, power from paint. How good is it? Has it been as good as we thought it was going to be? Is it still and it's still going to be phenomenally powerful moving forward? Oh man, we gotta have a stretch before you into this part. Adam. <laughs> power from paint is some serious stuff. So. Power from Pain is uh, nuts, I guess is the, the quickest way to put it. The, it's a chart that you get cumulative buffs throughout the game, depending on what turn you're in. So you start with a 6-up invuln, mm -hmm. turn 1, turn 2, you get advance and charge. Turn 3, you get plus 1 to hit, and you can shoot into melee with no hit penalties, if you're yep. a vehicle or monster. Yep. Turn 4, that invuln becomes a 5-up. Turn five, you automatically pass morale checks, and you get double wound count, essentially, for vehicles. Uh, yes. For anything, but they don't have monsters that bracket, so... Um, I made a joke the other day, um, and I've just thought about... I've just doubled down on that, because it only just came to my mind again. And when I say the other day, I think I mean, like, months ago. Yeah, <laughs> when, I did this when I did this <laughs> review. I, I said, if they, if they gave this chart to Necrons... Necrons would be fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or if they did, yes. if this is what they did with the protocols, you just put your protocols in order at the start of the game, and then you just got them cul culminatively throughout the game. Because yeah, that's that the that's awesome. the comparison. 
that's the difference. You just get all this stuff stacking on top of each other, and they're all ridiculously powerful, like chapter tactic obsession level buffs in their own right. It's yeah, nuts. Super good. Uh, I think the one that they used to not have was the advance and charge, right? That was the change. Um, I believe so. I think yeah. it used to just be like plus one to advance and charge or something, and now yeah, they were like, yeah. what if you just did both? <laughs> I seem to believe that they, I think they might have just had advance and charge innately as Dark Eldar. But never mind, I, would, I could be wrong. A, that was I'm a long, a, that was many yeah, codexes I'm, ago I'm, I'm in a, Adam's I'm brain. I'm a dirty photom re-roller, Adam. I can tell you <laughs> what I know now. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Uh, but yeah, this is like, this is what you get for being Dark Eldar and Mono Dark Eldar, and it is so incredibly good. Yeah, it is. I mean, it might even be, it might have turned out better than the initial review thought it was, which is saying something, because the initial review was like, oh my. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, it was. It's the second and the third one. It's a turn two and turn three that may really make this army. Um, a lo- a, a, well, it, sorry, it was before. I'll take that back. Because it was so witch cult heavy, the plus to invuln didn't matter as much, because you already had it four plus when it mattered anyway. Um, and then, of course, you were in boats that all had an invuln regardless so that you know all the raiders have a five plus anyway so the old archetype didn't really care about the plus invuln as much it only cared about turn two turn three now i think turn turn four matters a lot more i'd say as soon as the talos yeah as soon as the talos and Kronos get the five plus invuln apart from the four plus sorry the the six plus um they are so much harder to manage um what are your thoughts moving forward here are there any other of these these ones like is the turn six even a thing ever the turn five sorry i don't think i've ever had oh no came up once on Raider movement. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. um, we also have combat drugs on this on this table on this one. And this is just where you just pick. I mean, I don't know anybody. Figure out what your, figure out what your combat drugs are. Literally, Scar is the only guy I know who consistently rolls for his drugs. I've seen Sean do it here and there. Yeah. What do you do? The king himself, the Lord of Drukari, right now, Brad Chester, always rolls. He is an absolute nice. mad lad. Mad lad. <laughs> yeah, there we go. What do you do? You roll or pick? No, I'm a pick gamer. I can't. You pick up. Rolling is yep. too stressful for me. <laughs> yeah, rolling. Rolling's for those, you know, those those veterans out there. The you know, nothing yeah, to lose. I, I have a pretty like straight line game plan. I definitely get a lot more out of this game when I'm like working off of execution rather than re- like reacting. Um, yep. And the people with like longer time in the hobby or like the more veteran player, like even more veteran players like Sean and stuff, they definitely can react to different drugs and use the unit accordingly. But that's just not part of. That's not been part of the skill set that I've pursued. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's something for the people listening at home. One thing that Anthony's done consistently is talk about the way he plays the game. I think he's demonstrating to you guys right now that he has a very clear understanding of what brings him success and the skill set that the, the applicable skills he has at this at this phase of his competitive career, for for lack of a better term for it. Um, I think that's really important for people to mark at home. Like, take note of that. Like, Anthony really understands what brings him to the dance and leverages it like every level i do my best to uh one thing that i will note that people don't often read in the poison weapon thing Mm -hmm. is that you don't have to use the poison weapon rule you can just use your strength yes and they're all they'll come they used to be strength x are they all strength two now a bunch of them are like strength bad but like it matters when it's a melee weapon like for example if you're using your succubus and she's strength of course she's hitting something that's like a lower toughness vehicle like if yeah. there's a toughness five vehicle or something, um, yeah, you can wound on fives instead of sixes with the whip. Is just like an example. No, that's a great example. That's yeah, absolutely right. I didn't know that. Yeah, or if I mean, you I mean, the... it, it makes all the sense in the world when you say it. But yeah, it does something that was yeah. apparent to me. Yeah, when you or you give her the strength drug, it costs you one attack, but then she's strength four and she can actually hurt dread knights. Yeah, 
Easy. Well, dude, we are done with the rule section. We're gonna we're gonna slightly touch on some some of the movers and shakers data sheets, the ones that you think would be relevant for these guys moving forward, or the things that you think have gotten a big lift out yes. of the data set changes, because we don't have a hell of a lot of time. Um, out of the H, I think we can gloss over the HQs. I think maybe we want to talk about Homunculus a little bit if you want to. Yeah, he got a bit better. Um, I mean, he just got a little bit cheaper. He's already quite good. Um, he's actually just kind of funny in that he hits you like six times in melee. Like yep. he stabs you with a pen once and does a mortal. Then he hits you three more times with like a poison two up weapon. And he's got this random other poison four up weapon that's got AP two. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you run into him with like guardsman nonsense, he'll just kill all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, does uh, so Urian has Urian gotten any better? Because we're starting to we're starting to see and talk about taking profits a bit more, and he's the named profits character. He still gives his plus one strength in addition to the plus one toughness. Um, or as I used plus to give one before. Leadership. I thought that's super relevant. And, yeah, usually. plus one leadership. Because yeah, you got to lose two guys, and then what? You fail on a six. Otherwise, not, not even then. Yeah, no. Yeah. So what is it? It doesn't even matter. It works um, for grotesques. Ah, oh, true. Because of course, and of course, Rax as well. Rax, um, obviously. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. Tell us about Urian. Is he is he going to be more of a lease on life? Um, he also has a better invuln. Like he has like he has just the right amount of things that are better than a regular homunculus. That if you were taking profits, you'd probably play him. He's T five like flat like just base. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the same thing where he gets up when he dies. Is a four up invuln. He has damage just like off the rip. Yes, just um, half. Yeah. Uh, he has like a funny once per game flamer thing. <laughs> yeah um, but that's like pretty much it he's not like crazy but like he's just good enough better that you yeah. would definitely use him if you're playing profits so one of the um, issues though is he has this keyword called master homunculus and that does that mean you can't upgrade another homunculus that means you can't upgrade another homunculus yeah. but you don't really need to you would just yeah. take homoxites as profits exactly profits, homoxites are hilarious because they're t4 so no one like you just like strength seven or less just wounds them on fours and then they're ignoring saves like it's it's very annoying to get rid of profits and oxides. Um, I did just want to give a quick shout out to my boy Draz. Draz is like a super integral part of my list and game plan. And like people tend to be like, oh, I'm not taking Incubi. I don't want Draz. If you make Draz the Warlord, he's like a one man killing machine. Yes, that can operate entirely independently. Um, a huge part of how Thick City, as I'm playing it, wins games is that I'm jamming these pain engines and distracting you with pain engines and draz and his friends in the raider just go on a happy little killing spree behind mm. them like in yep. the backfield while you're dealing with the stuff in the middle um and that like usage of draz is like really integral to play yeah. uh well, my plays with draz specifically have won me more events than most other models wow nice dude yeah crazy and, and good to know for people out there um so he, he he the thing of crazy thing about Draz is he fights twice all the time. He's just like a Always. just like a corn yep. berserker. He's like Khan the Betrayer. Um, yeah, he just does that. <laughs> he's he's minus one damage. And his four plus invulnerable save with a two plus armor. Two plus armor is very rare to come by in Drakari. In fact, I think he's the only person who has it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and of course he has tormentors and he gets uh, plus one to wound, which he, get, he, he gives, gives himself he, plus one to yeah. wound. So he's he's strength. Well, if you're going into the the chunky stuff, he's going to be strength six plus one to wound minus three three damage with five attacks attacking twice. So ten attacks. Yeah. Can yep. you buff his attacks any other ways? Uh, I mean the warlord trait gives him full reroll to hit and wound. Yeah. Well, why do you need to buff any parts of that? I mean, can you get any extra attacks in like? Not go to, that go to I'm six or seven. aware of. If there was some yeah. way to give him more attacks, I probably would have found. Would have figured it out. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I probably would have done my absolute best to put it in. Yes. 
fair enough. Um, not really much to touch on for um, Cabalites or Witches. I think people are pretty familiar with that. Yeah, but yeah, looking at racks, movement 7, weapon skill, blitz skill 3+, plus, strength 3, toughness 4. And of course, if you're not taking them as profits, e.g. they don't get the the um, you know, the baby transhuman, they'll go to toughness 5 with Hermogulus sitting around, which is actually a huge breakpoint. Um, two attacks base, which is kind of cool with their you know strength 3, rend 1 attacks, but they're four, poison 4+. Plus. Yep. Um, and then of course they got a five plus feel no pain in addition. They're actually very very hardy. Yeah, they're super good. Uh, something I want to call out specifically for them is a uh, war gear relic. That I mean, a war gear option they can take called yep. the electric corrosive whip. Um, just you know, it casually doubles your attacks characteristic basically. Yep. And so you yeah. take one of these per ten, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Let me check quick look. Per, uh, yes. Yes. And you get, uh, you, get, you get an Akathist as well. It's very mm-hmm. good. Like, you get a lot of extra attacks with that. Well, they're actually a cheeky, good shooting unit as well, If very in very specific ways. Because they can take Hex Rifles, which is a range 36 heavy 1, strength 6, minus 6, 2 damage weapon. It ignores the lookout, sirs. And of course, on a 6, um, deals a model in addition for being a sniper rifle. And then you oh, take an Osso Factor. And you take an Osso Factor as well, uh, which is range 24, assault 1, strength 2, minus 3, 2 damage, poison weapon 2 plus. So you can I take a couple know. of those. I didn't know Oss Factors were poison two up. That is terrifying. Yeah, you can make them a cheeky good. <laughs> oh. Well, you can, well, see, I, me and my mates were joking about taking these guys as dark techno and then just using them as shooting units. Um, yeah, that's to be totally cheeky legitimate. good shooting units. So damage three on the hex rifle and then yeah. the model in addition opportunities. Um, it's actually sneaky good because you can have a. I think you can have a hex and an Oss Factor in every five for every five guys. Uh, if every for every five models, you get one Oss Factor. And then it looks like you get one hex rifle. Yeah, on the Akathist. Yeah. On the Akathist. Yeah. yeah. So you have a hexy for every for every sarge, and then you can have up to four in a twenty man, which you wouldn't do. Um, but you could do you could spam out a bunch of venoms with these guys in and just buzz them around, looking at angles um, and dark technoing here and there and everywhere. In fact, Eric Lathuris took that to a teams event we went to um, a couple of years back. Of now, I think I think it was only in 2020, but feels like an age ago. Yeah, forever um, ago. <laughs> forever ago. But yeah, racks. Look at them. Get to know them. Be familiar. You're gonna see them. Um, yeah, what else? Are, wanted... They're a crazy stat line for eight points. Yeah. What other data sheets do you think people might not be familiar with that they need to take a second look at in this uh, new world? Uh, funnily enough, in like the other direction, I think Incubi got enough of a points hit, and with the move to Coven stuff, that you actually don't need them anymore. Well, I don't think you need them at all, but I still think one unit. Even two units makes sense, right? It depends on how many grotesques you're taking. Yep. Because two incubi being more expensive than one grotesque, one grotesque. is a bit yes. rough. Yes, it is. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, but so I, I was already advocating even before the bus to people. People used to take three units of incubi in all their lists. I'm like, when when have you ever used three units of incubi, man? You end the game with one unit in the in the same raider you deployed it in. Like drop that guy, put some more Hellions in, put some put some Reavers in, put some more Mandrakes and like little bits and pieces in. Because so rarely did I see people get mileage out of three units of Incubi. It before definitely the like once a game would end up like rotting with a unit of Incubi. Exactly, that is a thing that would exactly right. <laughs> your premium, like your Blade Guard equivalent, just like oh yeah, we'll do an action. Um, the, di- the difference between them and Blade Guard is that they were eighty points for five of them, so true. It was not such a big deal. It's if true. They rotted. <laughs> Less than three Mandrakes. So three Blade Guard. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, I'm looking at Mandrakes right now, which I think are amazing. I love Mandrakes. Best models in the range, and it's a very good range. Oh, yeah, they're real cool. Um, grotesques. All right, tell us a story. Oh, baby. I love these. So, well, these, these are literally been unheard of for the edition so far. So this is a big one for us to talk about. Yeah, so a couple things with these. I took these. I've had grotesques in 
up until right after Charity Hammer, um, I had Grotesque in almost every Jakari list I built. When I first started and I was playing as Prophets, I had a five-man unit with Cleavers, just because I was trying to play like a simpler game. But even when I switched to Dark Techno, I was playing with them still. I was taking a three-man, because unlike Rax, they can all have liquefiers. Yeah. So you would take a five-man unit of Rax and a three-man unit of Grotesque, and they would all fit in a Raider. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a lot of extra liquefier back then. Mm -hmm. and that was now, ridiculous. Now, these wonderful boys are minus one damage taken, and that is rude. They and are, they are... five base with four yeah. wounds. Mm -hmm. It's the four wounds that is the kicker. I've talked about long and hard about to everybody who will listen that the difference between three wounds and four wounds is absurd. Yeah, it's so absurd, the difference in like manageability for your opponent. Um, but yeah, four wounds with a five plus feel no pain and minus one damage. Get out of town! That is ridiculous. Yeah, and they will, uh, like... Oh, cursing's a part two thing. They will mess you up <laughs> in melee. <laughs> Real uh, bad if you get too close. They have five attacks each at strength five, neg two, two damage. Like, it is rough. Yeah, what, did you take the cleavers on them all? Because that's my preference. Yeah, sure, yeah, I was, everybody takes the cleaver. Because the only other option is the liquefier gun. I mean, you can yeah. hit people with the flesh gauntlet when you... Like, you just have it. It doesn't go anywhere. So you can use the flesh gauntlet if you want. Uh, there are some really specific targets where it's good. Um, mm -hmm. Notably into things like Harlequins that don't care about your damage characteristic yeah. or your, um, your damage characteristic or your AP. And then you're just yep. doing mortals. Not that these guys are ever going to really struggle to wipe Harlequins if they hit them. But <laughs> exactly right. Like there are specific things like that where it's really mm. good. Or if you're hitting um, basically anything with like a crazy invuln, the ability to just be like, I'll just do mortals instead is really good. Yeah, exactly right. Um, moving on from Grotesque, though, because we're a bit strapped. Tell us a little bit of story about Reavers, because I would not be surprised if we see some more Reavers now. The good old Jet Bike Boys. So they are one of, if not the fastest unit that isn't like a plane base <laughs> um, move 18 yes yeah. i think that's correct base move 18 also just for fun auto advance eight also so. advance eight and advance and charge turn two two so yep okay so we're going 26 and declaring yep. a charge it's yeah, just nuts. without nothing changes like it yep. doesn't impact you don't roll for it nothing that's just what they do um, they are toughness four with two wounds and a four up save which is like you know as far as elves go pretty tanky Still just um, like, it's two layers of cardboard instead of one. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have some fun warrior options in the Grav Talon. So you can get up to, you get one of these for every three guys in the unit. Um, mm -hmm. And it's when they finish a charge, you roll a D6 for each guy with a Grav Talon. On a one, the enemy suffers a mortal wound. On a six, they take D3. Um, yeah. I used to love these dudes for killing Catan because they had poison guns, which yes. is super good at killing them. And yeah. they have just enough melee attacks to do three wounds, and then they would do damage in the charge phase with Grav Talons, and they're eligible for Eviscerating Flyby. Flyby, exactly right. So, so yeah. these guys are really good. I, I like really, really like these. At 20 points, they don't quite get there right now, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised to see them start cropping up. They're really fast. Like, in your head, 18 is far, but until you get to that table and you measure it out, you're like, oh my, this is almost silly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, your, your plasma inceptors came down from reserve, and you know had to shoot into this venom that was eighteen inches away. Turns out it's exactly the same distance as I just moved. Yeah, I'm on top of you now. I'm <laughs> yeah. in engagement range. Didn't yeah. even roll the charge. <laughs> yeah, didn't even advance. Um, really good. I think I think they're really they're quite underrated, but I'm just not. I they're an awkward thing to quantify. Like what size is the unit? What's their what's their real 
purpose apart from possibly buffing a larger unit of hellions to to move and fight better um right you know do they have a role to make for their own is, is the the thing i'm trying to figure out uh, yeah, because on, on paper in, on paper they're fine like they're fine yep in with them in strife if you chuck the real wounds on them which hear me out i know that seems like a lot uh it does quite a lot of melee damage like their strength mm. or their ap1 base like it adds up very quickly because they have three attacks yeah Exactly right. Three, oh, it's, it's, this is the one unit I would roll drugs on, by the way. If you're taking them, I was taking them with heat lances as well. So yep. none of the drugs was a bust. If you got two inches yes. of movement, ace, extra attacks, Easy. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skill also fine. Like, <laughs> all of it was good. All right, um, we're gonna quickly touch on Hellions because I think they are one of the best things in the book now. They they were very very good before, but not one of the best things before. Now I think they are easily one of the best things in the book. Um, yeah, I to my mind. thought they were one of the best things before. <laughs> like they just didn't get touched. It was exactly insane. right. Exactly right. They just didn't get touched. Yeah, um, they fall back and charge for free, which is nuts. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, fall back and charge. Their their shooting is fine into anti infantry. Their combat is very good into just about everything. You've got enough buffs to make them powerful into everything. I just think they're amazing my but yet again i don't know what the right unit size is i've seen five um, units of five be extremely good for units of 10 be extremely good like i said even at the start of the book i've seen units of 15 like make sense yeah i'm super happy with 10 when i've played them i definitely found five could be a bit anemic when i want them to be more um pretty often though my hellions would go into something charge kill it take a crack back go down to two dudes and then go rod like that was yes. kind of their job yeah yeah um but the Hellions are in a weird spot in the meta right now because, you know, Rucka Trucks got nerfed, but there's still, you could take three. Yeah. And Hive Guard are back like there's no one yeah. else. And they hate that. <laughs> well, so, but here's the thing though if, if they're taking Rucka Trucks, of course, with the minus one damage. Um, on the Talos and the Kronos, all those options just become bad. I mean, yeah, the Hive Guard... bother shooting them. Well, the Rucker Trucks, for sure. The Rucker Trucks is like, well, pfft, a Hellion bait right there. But, I yeah. mean, um, Hive Guard can't afford to not be shooting your Talos and Kronos, right? Uh, it depends on the matchup. The best tool I've seen... Because I played Tyranids twice in a row at Austin. Yeah. And I played very good Tyranids. I played Manny and then John Lennon. Yes, and John Lennon. So, <laughs> um, the... I, from the Tyranid side, like, if I look at this completely unbiasedly as the Drakari player, the best way to handle... Talos and Kronos is actually with Termagants and Gene Steelers. It is, yeah, hundred so percent. Especially, the, especially the the only issue for me though, yeah, so yeah, the 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 apologies, it's the the Gene Steelers go into the into the Talos because they got all the damage one, so no losses there. And then the you're saying the the Devil Gaunts go after the Kronos because they've got the relevant shooting, and you you can't charge the Kronos with anything because they'll just evaporate. Yeah, exactly. Right? You don't want to really charge Kronos. Charging Talos is fine, and if you split it up that way, you now have Hive Guard free to either kill Kronos because there's no damage reduction because they're Dark Techno, or do stuff like kill Hellions. And killing Hellions is sad because they're mm. not cheap, and if they just die to no line of sight shooting, it's bad. <laughs> fair. Fair, 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 dude. That's absolutely right. Well, I suppose the best thing you can do in those situations is Animus Vitae and then just dive your Hellions into the Devil Gaunts as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. They're, that they're, or you can uh, yeah. Webway assault them because they're infantry. So they can That's true. That's true. Defense. Absolutely right. Yeah, and if there was Strife, they'd get plus. The first one to come out would get an 8 for the, on the charge. Yeah, which isn't for the first charge. It's not, not not the most horrible thing in the world. All right, what other data sheets should we talk about here, mate? Uh, I mean, most people. I mean, how familiar do you think folks are with Talos Kronos? Because that's a really important profile uh, to be. Kronos, Kronos would be. I assume everybody knows what Kronos do because they're horrific and everyone's had to deal with them. But yeah, we can unpack Talos a little bit. Um, All right. 
Uh, so the, the important things to note there, movement eight, weapon skill three, bliss skill four. So the inverse of the chronos, which are the opposite, you know, the skill four, weapon skill three. Strength and toughness, six, seven wounds, five attacks, leadership bait, and three plus. I, once again, um, if there is a huge breakpoint between three wounds and four, it is doubled down upon between six wounds and seven because you can't be one shot by a multi, by like a Dark Lance or a Laz Cannon. Yeah, six and seven is big huge and then it's triple down a good old marigold triple down guys because you've got yep. to freaking feel no pain um absolutely and nuts then, and then we go one step farther and they're minus one damage minus one damage oh and then you met it till turn four ah oh, and they got a five up involved now so yeah, or if they've killed anything at any if, yes at any point if at any point you let them kill a thing cool um but yeah these guys are a problem uh, unpack the package for us and by all means give people some options of, actually, no, sorry, we'll leave that part two. We've got to get some questions. People want to know what things they should take to handle stuff like Talos, because they're a very unique problem to solve. Yeah, they're definitely like a weird meta wrinkle. But uh, as far as stuff you take on them, um, my opinion is that you always will take an Icker Injector. The Icker Injector is an insane weapon that says, if you hit at all, stop, and the enemy takes D3 mortal wounds. You get one attack with it, but... If every time you just roll into melee with Talos, you're just doing 3d3 mortal wounds, it gives them access to like a quote-unquote horde clear that they would not otherwise have. And that is super valuable. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, the other it is very valuable. Um, it used to be in... There you go. Okay. No, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Um, so in, in eight, I was about to say in 8th edition everyone only ever used to take them with the chain flails and that was it chain flails and they would just take it did, whatever weapon on the back didn't matter sometimes it was just haywire sometimes it was just splinter cannons um, uh, uh, so you're saying it's pretty much just the gauntlet and the heat lances yeah so you always take an Icar injector as one uh, the gauntlet is what I'm taking but that's a bit of a um, call for the mirror because it's damage 3 and I don't want to yeah. do no damage to someone that's minus 1 damage <laughs> yes um, and it also gets them to strength 8, which is super sweet against buggies. Um, so I love that part. And the Heat Lance, I'm going to be honest, the Heat Lance is there because I think it's fun. Uh, most of the other options are kind of just fine. Like, they're not a, it's not a huge deal which one you take. Um, but the Heat Lance is like, it's nice because they don't hit very consistently. But this gives you one of those things where, like, if the math ever goes in your favor on hit rolls, you can do absurd amounts of damage uh, yes, exactly really right. fast. Yeah. <laughs> Like that Dread Knight that last turn you did one, you know, you did 1d6 wounds too. This turn you just kill it. A whole, whole yeah. Dread Knight just dead, you know? The, sp the spike opportunity is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I shot a buddy's Redemptor not too long ago, and he just failed both, you know, both the invulnances that he has, and I rolled a 5 and a 6 for damage, and that was just a dead Dreadnought. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Because it's not d3 plus 3, guys, it's d6 plus 2. And that's from full range. So people might think it's just a, it's a, it's a melter gun. It's not a, um, a last cannon. Uh, yeah, good. it's a... Full distance melt the gun. All 18 of its range is D6 plus two. But yeah, that's pretty much it for them. Uh, the macro scalpel you might see people take because it, you know, it doesn't have the hit penalty that the gauntlet does, and it's still neg two two damage and their strength seven with it. It's a good profile, but like you can kind of cover that with the grotesques. Yeah, exactly right. They've got the same profile. Um, anything else we want to talk about here? I think we probably need to wrap this up at this point. We're creeping up to that two-hour point. Um, we're good one, on data sheets. Yeah, I know. There's, there's a bunch of ones we can unpack now. I mean, one of the ones that I think everyone lost their minds over, but I think rightly was called to be a bit of a, a red herring, was the Void Raven. Everyone <laughs> saw it and they lost their minds. Being like, oh my god, this is going to ruin the game. And then yeah. everyone just played MSU and it just really didn't do anything. Yeah, it's too um, risky to go second with them. 
Uh, exactly right. They're very expensive for for what it actually is. It's just a gimmick. Like as soon as yeah, you drop and them, I can only this, take two. Yeah, well, exactly right. And as soon as you drop the void mine, like you're just a a guy with two dark lances. Like yeah, sorry, two, void, two void fancy lances. dark lances. Yeah, like pff, sorry, who cares? It's yeah. a good thing you're paying. You know, it was 170 points. I think it's 175. Before yeah, upgrades. yeah, yeah, yeah. For upgrades, um, 185. Oh, pff, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I think it's become it's a bit of a meme. Um, yep. I mean, in, in some team lists, it was pretty funny because it would just make to certain armies be like, "Oh, geez, worried about yeah. this." Um, but a lot of the time, it was just just didn't worry me. Um, yeah, it wasn't that crazy. I mean, I played into it, I think, four or five times with my with my Deathwing bricks, and only once did it actually bad touch me. Like of right. the four or five times, the rest of the times, I was like, "Yeah, I'll just heal straight through it next turn with my super, you know, apothecary." Um, but it did kill the apothecary once, and so then I was yep. in a bit of trouble. Um, yeah, it's but, uh, right. swingy attached to swingy. It's swingy on if it'll do anything, and it's swingy yeah. on if you go first. Exactly so. right. Um, so, dude, that's going to wrap us up for this. Uh, this is why this was always just going to be a big one. And honestly, in all in all reality, with some of the books that are as deep as this, I might just do a double, another ret- retrospective in a year's time from now. It should we still be in, like, ninth edition. Um, yeah. But, yeah, what do you think so far? And what do you think for the, the longevity of the, the faction? Are you st- Firstly... For people following along at home, are you sticking with Drakai for the long haul? Are you going to stay for it for the rest of the season? I'm definitely going to be playing them at least through LVO, because I am ranked 2 for them right now, Oof. and I don't know where it's going to sit after... Like, I'm definitely going to be ranked 2 after the GW event, because, like, the person behind me also went there, but I did better than they did at it, so we're fine. We're definitely still 2. I'm definitely not catching Brad yet, because Brad's decided to simply win every event he goes to. I know. Um, <laughs> so I have to do, like, extraordinarily well at LVO to have a chance for best in faction, but that's what I really want. Um, that's, like, the Love goal it. for the season. Love so, it, dude. So, yeah, we'll be sticking with Drakari. They're, like I said, kind of, like I joked about in the beginning, it's like GW built me a codex, so it'd be rude not to play it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's super deep, so it's not like there's, like, you know, stuff. We've been nerfed, what, two, this is, the data sheet was the third one. Yeah. What um, was the first? What was oh, the first one? Was just fixing the the triptych, the, the triptych crazy combat combative edge, whatever it was. Um, no, I wasn't even using that. I was just saying that we got points nerfed initially without like anything else changing, and then they took uh, dark technos, and now we have the balanced right. data sheet. Yeah, yeah. So um, really, I feel I feel like this is the first. I'm sorry, the points ner- they've been nerfed twice because I feel like the other two ones were just so absurdly dumb. Yeah, they, they should have. They, yeah, they were like FAQs. That was yeah, like yeah, insanity yeah. that should not have been there. It's just a just a reasonable thing to do. Uh, so, my dude, we're going to wrap this one up. Anything you'd like to say before we uh, before we finish up? Like anything, any hope you'd like to give to the Drakari aspiring archons out there, or any derision you'd like to lay on the the lesser races? <laughs> uh, the main thing is just stick with it it's definitely a lot to a lot of facets to learn when you're first getting into it but there's thankfully a lot of good community resources for jukari uh, because people are so passionate about them they're all over the place um from scari to this to that and of course there's coaching services like art or you can learn to get better at them but they're definitely worth taking the distance for awesome man yeah i totally agree i think that they're just going to be well I gave somebody advice who they didn't want to play like the best or meta chase and like what's the best, like what would be a good army to play that's just going to be good all the time. I said Harlequins because the way they play, as long as the ninth edition missions stay the same, Harlequins are never going to be awful, you know? The, just the way they play, they're never going to be awful. Exactly the same thing times five for Drakari. As long as Drakari play like the way they play, like they play with speed, they play with MSU and dynamics and things like that, even if they move away from the MSU a little bit, 
Yeah, um, they're still going to have involvement in the fight phase. It's really good at keeping them relevant. Exactly. They're always just going to be good at the game. Um, but on that note, dude, we will wrap this up. We'll go over and record part two where we're going to answer a bunch of listener questions, talk about some of the new archetypes, like unpack Thick City a bit from from oh, the baby. primogenitor himself. You know, we're getting it from the horse's mouth. You are right the Fabius, Fabius bile of thickness after all. Um, That's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to go over. We're going to do that. We've got a bunch of listener questions to ask and a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of lists we're going to try and write and unpack. And yeah, we're going to talk about your run at Austin as well, where the list, um, you know, had great success, where did it fall down, what are the little bits and what are the learnings from there. So, dude, thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much for your longstanding support of, the, of what I do. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks again, Adam. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.